participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, June 6, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani. Hope you're doing well. We are live right now, right? What happened there, Frank? We break the fourth wall here. Frank came in my ear and said one minute out, and then the music started playing. What, what was that? Were you trying to throw me a curveball? What? <laughs> what happened? Did you just forget that we started at... One and not 101. Yeah, I don't normally do your count. Yeah, so just thrown off. <laughs> he goes uh, one minute away, and then the music starts. I'm like, wait a second, I needed to do my happy Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. It's good to be here with all of you. It's a beautiful time to be alive. It's June. I just like saying June. Uh, I just like the way it sounds. June, July, August. I mean, what's better than this? Unless you live in, you know, New Zealand, Australia. It's winter this time. Here, it's beautiful. It's beautiful outside. It's great to be here. We got a lot to discuss with a lot of interesting people. By the way, a bit of a youth movement on today's program. 
Uh, guess age 24, 23, 26, 29, and 28. The oldest guest on today's program is 29. How about that? I'm feeling very old. In fact, I was talking to Jeff Molina last night, and he said he's been listening to me since he was 15. I mean, what is going on here? He's 24. Nine years ago, I mean, I was already a dad, for goodness sakes. We're getting old here, Frank. We're getting old. I can't speak for, you know, the rest of the crew, but you and I, we're getting old together. It's a beautiful thing. We're aging very gracefully. Uh, As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but more importantly, the MMA Hour. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code THEMMAHOUR for a special offer when you sign up again. That's code THEMMAHOUR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And it's a great time to sign up because UFC 275 is a mere five days away going down in beautiful Singapore. Great time to sign up as well because the HDAO is back. Big news, Frank. I don't know if you heard the breaking news on Saturday. It was a tale of two Saturdays. Of course, Herb Dean robbed us of the Biggie Boy win, the Jarzinho win, but we were able to bounce back. I was feeling bad, and and this is you know a lesson to us all: don't lick your wounds, don't feel sorry for yourself, get right back up. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make this official. H. Dow Devin Haney via decision plus one ten. I think it was. Boom! You're welcome to everyone out there. So uh, the H. Dow is back. We're on a bit of a winning streak now. Thank you very much. We already have our sights set on a couple of guys and potentially gals for UFC two seventy five. And of course, our uh, our resident betting expert is over in Paris right now. Uh, Mr. GC is over there. I mean, taking it all in, the sights and sounds. He was at the French Open final yesterday. He slammed that one. No one has gone to more big-time sporting events in 2022 than GC himself. I mean, the guy is living the life, and we shall miss him very much. But his presence will still be felt on not only today's show, but the next two weeks. He's gone for the next two weeks, but uh, he has provided us with some information, with some slides, with Wait, some pics. Where is he? Uh, he's in Paris. Oh. Ah. Oh, this is great. It's a beautiful Monday night. I mean, he might be listening to us right now. He better. It's uh, 7.04 p.m. over on the Champs-Élysées. This is beautiful. He's probably walking, having a nice uh, post-meal espresso, Right. Maybe a little escargot, a little croissant, maybe an eclair for a little dessert. What are some other... Escargot uh, and an eclair, that sounds... Well, you have the escargot first, and then you have the eclair. And then cheese dessert. at the very end, right? Oh, a little cheese, of course. A little, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, oh, God, I can't... A uh, 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 charcuterie board, right? In charcuterie? I thought that means lunchable in English, no. right? No, charcuterie. It's like a, it's like a smorgasbord of things. You got... The best ones have cheese, a little uh, jam, some wine. I know some of you people like to have like the meats and stuff, the salamis and whatnot. I don't partake. Olives, key. You know, one great thing that ESPN used to do when I would go to the events at T-Mobile Arena, they would have a nice little charcuterie board. Shout out to Elizabeth for that. And uh, Chael and I would sit in the back and try not to talk to anyone. And uh, we would have our, our cheese, our olives, our jam, 
Uh, and we would sit there for seven hours taking the fights. And I miss that. That's actually the only thing I miss about the UFC events is the uh, the charcuterie dining with uh, Chelpi's son. And in any event, uh, GC's over there. We miss him dearly, but his uh, his presence will be felt back into the show. We'll recap the picks. We'll talk a little 275. We'll talk about the weekend. Biggest result of the weekend as far as combat is concerned, Devin Haney, no doubt about that. The big win over George Cambosis down under 40-plus thousand at the Marvel Stadium, site of UFC 193, site of UFC 243. Cambosis made 2 million, excuse me, 10 million. Haney made 2.8 million, all right? Alexander Volkanovsky, we could get into this. Alexander Volkanovsky can go over there and draw more, in my opinion. He ain't making 10, he ain't making 2.8. And if any one of you wants to argue about this, that, and the other, go ahead until you're blue in the face. The point is, Volkanovsky's a bigger deal down under, if you ask me, and he ain't making anywhere near that. If you ask me, if you don't see the problem in that, well, I'm sorry. I can't help you. New York Rick is here, and uh, we'll talk about the weekend that was. We'll talk about Jairzinho getting robbed. We'll talk about my big win with the uh, the Haney H. Dow pick and uh, whatever else tickles his fancy at uh, 2.30. We'll be joined by Brandon Moreno. Big interim title fight from July 30th in Dallas against Kai Carfrance, rematch of a fight that happened in December of 2019. Davidson Figueroa, very upset about this. He's been talking, just spoke to the Brazilian beast, Guilherme Cruz, talking up a storm about the interim belt, feeling disrespected. We'll not only talk to Brandon, we'll talk to Kai Carfrance, who's waking up at 6 a.m. in New Zealand to do this interview with us. So shout out to him. And uh, then we'll have Bo Nickel, who had a massive win. Remember that name, more on him in a moment. We'll also have Aaron Blanchfield, who had a big win this weekend as well. But first, let's go to the Zoom machine and say hello to our first guest of the day. Very excited to talk to the 24-year-old Jeff Molina, who everyone, the, the viral sensation Jeff Molina, who everyone's talking about right now in the world of MMA. Big win for him, remains undefeated in the UFC, a name to watch out for in the flyweight division. Congratulations on the win, Jeff. How are you? Ariel, my man, I told you this uh, last night, but I've been a fan of yours for a pretty long time now. What you created uh, on this platform is awesome, and uh, I'm stoked to be on here talking to you. Oh, it's my pleasure, and thank you for that. I appreciate it very much. Congratulations to you on the big win. By the way, uh, have you rewatched the fight, and uh, do you feel like you won? Because, of course, the elephant in the room is it appeared as though you walked off thinking that you had lost, that you weren't going to get the judge's nod. Do you feel any differently on this Monday? Man, uh, I've watched that fight at least 10, 15 times now. Um, I'm my world's biggest critic. I'm the same way after every fight. Um, I do think I won that fight. Uh, I, I think the first and third rounds were, were mine. As far as me walking away at the end of the decision, I've been on the shit end of the stick of a split decision before, and I think maybe that was just the, the pessimist in me thinking um, they gave it to the other guy. At the end of the fight, I thought I won. I thought I'd done enough. I do remember getting clipped in the second, so I gave him the second just off damage, but I felt that uh, the biggest criteria in the sport is damage. In the first and third round, I had that. And he, he was holding me against the fence. He came to hold me. I came to fight. I, th- I think that's why I walked away with the, the win. All right. Um, and, of course, your your opponent, Zalgas Zamagulov, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, a tough, hard-fought battle. It seemed like afterwards you weren't happy, though. Like, you weren't happy with your performance. I know earlier in the week you said it would be your best performance, finish, all that stuff. Do you feel better <clears throat> about the performance now on the Monday? No, no, to be honest, I, I don't, I don't brother. Um, frustrated with the, how I showed up that night or that day. I should say we fought early as shit, dude. Yeah. Like, let your boy drink some coffee before he gets into a yeah. fist fight, man. Our report time was 8am in the hotel lobby, cut mouthpiece, ready to rock. Um, 
yeah, st- still frustrated at the performance, man. I feel like um, just just an off day, you know. Um, I, I felt like whatever. Uh, it wasn't my best performance. I'm gonna get better from this, man. I feel like Zagas doesn't have the best track record inside the UFC, but the dude's good, man. He's got some big wins outside the UFC. He's got wins over um, Olin Bekov, uh, Bogatinov, uh, Tyson Nam. Uh, two of those guys are UFC staples today mm-hmm. in the flyweight division, and those were five round fights. So. I feel like he hasn't had the best um, track record in the UFC, but it doesn't take away from what, what he's done in the sport. And the guy's good, man. The guy's good, and he came with a good game plan. Um, I'm just frustrated with my my uh, inability to, to break the, the body lock, the dude strong uh, against the fence. But I, I think the judges had it right, man. I came to fight. He came to hold me. And, and kudos to him. It's a smart game plan, and I, I'm going to get better from this. By the way, the early start time, did you, tra- like, did you spar early in the morning to try to get used to fighting that early? No, not really, but I didn't even know it was early start time until about two weeks out. Um, so I guess like we, we practice that at 10 a.m. anyway. Um, so at 8 a.m. Vegas time would be 10, 10 a.m. Uh, Kansas City time. So it's not too big of a difference, but um, as far as like mapping out like when you want to eat in the morning, like we had to wake up at like 5.30 to make breakfast um, yeah. just to make sure like we had something in our bodies before I go into the venue, little things like that. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just bitching, but like, know. come on, man, let your boy drink some coffee I before get he gets I to get a fist fight. Here on the East coast, uh, we like that uh, early start time very much, but I totally get oh, it. I'm sure. Um, now I have to say, Jeff, uh, I have some friends who know that I cover MMA for a living, obviously, but aren't MMA fans at all. A couple of them sent me the clip of you speaking at the post-fight press conference saying, I know nothing of this sport, I don't watch it, but this is my new favorite fighter, speaking of you, based on what you said. And we're going to get into all of that. Um, and I'm just curious what the last 72 or so hours have been like for you, because I saw the clip that Junkie posted. It has over a million views now, and that's not typical for a fight night press conference. So if we could go back to the beginning of this, you decide at the beginning of the week, they, they let you with the, the kit choose what you want, and you chose the pride colors because it's pride month, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, I get an email about a, a week or two out from the fight, probably two weeks from the fight um, saying, Hey, for pride month, we're allowing fighters if, it, if they'd like to get the rainbow vinyl on their shorts and fight kit. So the hoodie and, and the shirt would also come with the rainbow vinyl. I saw that email. I, I texted my manager. I said, hell yeah, let's get the uh, rainbow vinyl. Um, Cause I thought it looked cool first and foremost, you know, I, I thought changing it up. I've had the same black shorts. Um, for the last three fights, two fights, whatever. And uh, let's change the color of the vinyl, first and foremost. Second of all, it's a good cause. It's Pride Month. And um, yeah, I I was for it. So I I texted House. He texted me back with like an LOL. Yeah, let's do it. And um, that was that. Okay. And so you get there, you get your stuff, all good. I believe you tweeted about it. And then you had to send out a subsequent tweet because you were getting some love from people who I guess, you know, were in support, but then you were also getting some hate leading up. What was it? Like if you could break it down 50, 50, 60, 40, the love, hate. what were you getting when you yeah, tweeted dude, about it, the, it, the, the it was, it was strange. It was strange, Ariel. Cause I, I, I thought of some, something so, um, simple, like nonchalant, yeah. Min, like, yeah, simple, like minuscule, just like, dude, check out my shorts. There's a rainbow color on it. This is cool that the UFC is doing this for pod. Right. And then, um, I didn't look at my phone for a couple hours. I try not to be on my phone too much for fight week. And then uh, I look at my phone and the comments are like split, right? Like, no, actually not really. The comments were, were pretty much uh, all pretty hateful. Like uh, there was a couple couple narratives in, in the, the, the comments of like, 
man, the UFC is just doing this to exploit, um, you know, it's a business tactic. They're doing this for money. They don't really care, blah, blah, blah. And the other, other parts were, um, man, you support gay people. You're going to burn in hell. Allah will make sure you burn in hell or God will make sure you burn in hell. And dude, I'm telling you, there's like dozens and dozens of these. And like, they get like, do people were like, you should get cut from the UFC for supporting, um, faggots and, and, and like, it, there was a lot of those, man. And I was like, dude, like, I, I just, I wanted some rainbow vinyl on my shorts and, and that was coming in. And then I, I looked over to the DMS, uh, my DMS on, on Twitter, man, were like about split with the, with the love or, and hate. Yeah. And, uh, from the love side, it was like a lot of guys that were like, Hey man, I didn't know you, you rolled that way. Uh, I think you're cute. Like, and then on the other side, it was, uh, it was more of the same hateful, spiteful things. And I felt like, uh, I just had to address it. Cause I, I was, I was genuinely shocked brother by like i i i know what twitter is man like I, I'm, I'm a young kid i i grew up with the internet i grew up on xbox live chats i can handle the hateful comments man they don't bother me really at all i just felt like i had to address it in, in a following tweet of just like hey guys i'm a heterosexual male i am straight i appreciate the uh the love i'm flattered i really am man people think i'm good looking let's go yeah. i'll take it man dc at my my debut Wayans said, I'm not the most attractive flyweight in the UFC. Wow. He said that he's like, I don't see it at all. I don't think he's that attractive. He said that verbatim. So to get some love from, uh, from men all over the world saying I'm a handsome guy, I'll take it. But I felt like I had to address it that, uh, I'm supporting the cause, but I'm not uh, a part of the gay community, but, uh, more power to you, man. Like all love here. And then on the other side was the, uh, the hateful, spiteful shit I was receiving. And it's just like, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it, it would, it would result in uh, the amount of, and I understand this is Twitter, man. I understand these are random accounts from, from all over the world. And, and some of these guys don't have any followers. Some of these guys don't have a profile picture. They're just burner accounts. But uh, it, it was just, I, I felt like it had to be addressed. Like to those that, that are saying this hateful shit, like, you guys aren't on, like on your own are, are the problem here. You know, like you guys are what's wrong with the world. And so did you consider not wearing it after you got that leading up to the fight? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, okay. no. If anything, I, I wanted to, to get a bigger vinyl after that, man. Like, <laughs> man, uh, yeah, no, that, that thought didn't even cross my mind. Okay. And then you get to the post-fight press conference after the hard fought battle and you, you, you go deep into this and that's the clip that has gone viral. What has the reaction been to that? Because I've seen, and I'm looking, you know, from afar, I'm not as deep into it as you are, but I saw you getting a lot of love after that. I saw a lot of people quote tweeting saying, I love this guy. This is my new favorite fighter. Are you feeling that as well? Or are you getting a, a ton of hate as well? Man, uh, I, I would get both sides of it. Okay. You still. Know? Um, and, and, uh, that's it, fine, man. Like, like I said earlier, the, the hate doesn't, doesn't bother me man, at all. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it just, it's more shocking than anything. Um, but yeah, it's been cool to, to I've had a ton of, I'm trying to get back to everybody uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Anytime I have some free time, I'll get back to people reaching out. Um, uh, but it, it's really cool, man. Um, man, I, I was asked a question at the press conference. I think it was the, the second to last question or maybe the last question. And it was like, hey, let's talk about the shorts real quick. And uh, it, it wasn't something that I, I had thought of or, or, or like planned on, on talking about, uh, but it was asked. And, and 
honestly, it just, uh, you know, I, I just spoke what, was, what I was thinking. And, and, and what's weird, Ariel, is like, I'm, I, I feel like I'm being appreciated for something I shouldn't be appreciated for, if that makes sense. I get it. It's, and I'm not trying to backtrack on anything I said. I, I spoke 100% from the heart. I meant exactly what I said. But it's, it's like being applauded for saying like murder is wrong. You know, it's like, like this should just be common. Like uh, rape is wrong. Uh, racism is wrong. You know, uh, being hateful towards someone for who they love is wrong. And, and who the fuck cares, man, at the end of the day. And it, that's the only thing that makes me feel weird about this whole situation. And uh, at first, like I wasn't retweeting any of those, uh, the, the, the people that would retweet the video just cause like, I understand that it's a, it's a community that's been um, marginalized and, and oppressed. And, and that's why I said what I said, but at the same time, it's like, I, I know I have a platform uh, as a fighter fighting for the UFC for, for the biggest organization in the world. But at the same time, it's, it's, I feel weird being appreciated for something that should just be fucking like just common decency, just being a human being, mm. just not hating someone else for, something they can't control. And, uh, that's why I, I said what I said. And, and, uh, yeah, I was surprised by it turning into, um, uh, like almost a, a small viral video, uh, that, that, that went around, uh, Twitter and, and Instagram, but it, it, that's the only weird feeling I have from it is, um, just the feeling of being appreciated for, for being a fucking decent human is is uh almost bothersome if that makes sense but no i i couldn't agree more very well said on your part what you said on saturday was very well said as well but like you're saying you're 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 being applauded for and i couldn't you know agree more with everything you said for saying something like oh breathing air or drinking water is good for you i think to most sane-minded people it's an obvious but you see a story like the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and their players. I don't know if you saw, saw that story yesterday where they didn't want to yeah. wear it. And it's now makes what you did and what you said even that much more impactful and says a hell of a lot more about you, an athlete in the public eye willing to do this because you think it's just the right thing to do. So I give you a lot of props. Um, I do want to ask you about a guy named Mohammed Mokhayev who went in my DMs today and said, ask this man, Jeff Molina, about me. I want him next. Now, Mohammed has a fight against Charles Johnson on July 23rd, so not to look past him. But for whatever reason, he really wants to fight you. Uh, how do you feel about fighting Mokhayev if he gets past Charles? I love it, man. I, I love uh, getting all these call-outs. Uh, Ode Osborne called me out on Saturday night as well, or Saturday morning, I should say. Um, I love it, man. Um, October's the timeline I'm looking at. Um, me and Mokhayev are going to cross paths in the future. I, I guarantee it, man. Uh, another part of... Um, of being here talking to you was I, I didn't want the, the conversation I said in the, in the post-fight conference to be the reason I'm here talking to you. I wanted to be, when I talked to Errol Hawaii the first time, it's because I, of the work I put in the last 10 years of my life. Cause I dedicated my sport to this life. To, to, I dedicated my life to the sport and uh, it's cause I'm good, man. It's cause I'm three and in the UFC. I'm young. I get better every day. And I wanted that to be the reason I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you. And by the and, way, uh, it is not anything else. It is the reason. I mean, I won't lie that, uh, piqued my interest more, but when the great Ed Cap, who works for Jason House, the PR He's the man. guru, I love that guy. No one does the job better than him. When he asked me if I wanted to have you on, I hadn't even seen your comments yet, for the record. So I just want to. Then I saw them. I was like, oh damn, 
uh, this will be even greater. I'm really happy he's on. But I just want to let you know, it was because of the stuff you said earlier in the week and also because of how good. And and, and I like your vibe. El Jefe, you're fun, man. You're really fun. And, and you're great for the division. So I just want to let you know, that's why I want to ask you about Mohammed and, and other stuff. It's not just about your comments, which I think are great in their own right. And if that was the only reason, it would be great as well. But it's about what you've been doing and how you've progressed as a fighter. Thank you, bro. As, as far as the fight, man, yeah, we're, we're going to cross paths in the future. Uh, I tell my manager this. I tell Kraus this, my, my head coach. Um, if they like it, I like it. I'll say yes to anything they like. So if they say yes, I tell them to sign for me. Like, uh, okay. They don't even have to talk to me about the fight. Tell me the date. Tell me when I'm going to be there. And tell me who I'm fighting. That's, that's it. Um, me, me and him will cross paths. It, it's, uh, it's inevitable, man. I, I really think I'm going to be a world champ someday. And uh, I get better every single day after every fight. I, I know I'm going to get better from this fight. I, I've, I've already leveled up, I feel like. And I, I'm going to be a world champ someday, Ariel. I, I'm going to hold that belt one day. That's all I want. That's, that's my one goal is for one night to hold that belt. And uh, I feel like I'm going to do that. So me and Makai will see each other, man. He's a young guy. I'm a young guy. If, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see Makai sometime in the future. Okay. And we'll, we'll play this clip when you win that belt and tell everyone that uh, Let's you go. Said, uh, all those years ago. Um, by the way, I, I read uh, an article about you in UFC.com, or on UFC.com where you talked about this dark place that you like to go to before your fights. Can you tell us about this dark place? What, is it, what does it feel like? What does it look like? Man, uh, fighting is such a, a weird sport. There's a, there's a lot of like, emotions that come into it. And, and on fight week, there's the last place a fighter wants to be is in their own head for most part, for the most part. Um, that, that's why it's on the, the people you bring out with on, on fight week to kind of keep your, your mind busy and kind of just uh, keep you out of your own head. But there, there's times where you want to be in your own head and, and leading up to the fight, especially that, that last four weeks, man, um, I really like to, to get into that dark place, man. I like to think violent, violent thoughts and, that's just what fighting is. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a one-on-one competition and you're, and some guy's trying to hurt you and that's how he wins. And you're trying to do the same to him. And, um, that, that dark place is just, you know, something I, I let my, my mind go to when I'm on a run or, or on fight week and I'm sitting in my room, um, on fight week, there's times where I want to be with my teammates, chopping it up while watching Netflix. And then there's times where I, I just kind of want to be in my own thoughts, thinking of the fight, trying to, trying to visualize every possible scenario of the fight me getting dropped, me shooting into a single leg to clinch up, to, to recover me dropping him and, and the finishing sequences. And that, that's the dark place I like to get into, man. And really it's just another word for visualization, but you know, there's some violent thoughts, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of throwing a tomahawk elbow and, and opening an Xbox logo on his forehead. Like th- those are thoughts that are going to my head, uh, on fight week and leading up to a fight. And, um, you know, like I, I don't want to be, having these like lovey-dovey thoughts talking to like the girl I'm talking to or, or or even like having like I'm going into a war you know like this guy's literally trying to hurt me he's trying to inflict pain and damage and take a dream away from me and I'm trying to do the same to him man um so yeah that that's the dark place I'm talking about it, it just makes it sound cooler than, than calling it visualization, I it. I that visualization but that's what that is um could I ask about your father you you told us last year that he was battling cancer how's he doing now He's all right, brother. He's, uh, he's still, he's still recovering. Um, yes. Leading up to my debut, he, uh, he got diagnosed with kidney cancer, um, which sucked, you know, uh, obviously that's, uh, 
cancer in general is a, is a very shitty thing. And he, uh, we, we talked about him being on my debut ever since I started in the sport. He said, well, I will be at your UFC debut. Unfortunately, he couldn't do that. He was in the middle of, uh, of treatment. Um, but he, he came to my, my, my sophomore uh, outing in October. He was able to attend that fight at the apex. Um, he's doing better now. He's still in a lot of pain all the time, which, which sucks to see, but he's doing better and, and still in recovery. Okay. Well, we wish him the best. Hopefully he uh, makes a full recovery. By the way, El Jefe, great nickname. Um, you and Dylan Dennis share that nickname. So oh, God. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> well, I had that nickname first, bro. I know. I've had that nickname since I was 14 years old. I had my first kickboxing fight at 15. I already had that nickname way before that, <laughs> that queef had it. Man, uh, what, what, he's not even a fighter. When's uh, the last time he fought? We, we are approaching. I was just thinking of this this morning because I was thinking of the nickname. We are approaching the three-year anniversary of his last fight. It's... Uh, is pretty remarkable, but why, why El Jefe? What does that, uh, what does that mean? Why'd you get that nickname? Yeah. Uh, El Jefe. El Jefe. Uh, I got See, that for my, uh, I've exposed Jefe, myself. Yeah. Yeah. I get both though. El Jefe kind of like play on words with my name. So, yes. uh, my childhood best friend's dad, um, which both of them have passed away at this point. So, uh, RIP to them, but his dad, uh, my dad would take me over to, to his house every morning in, in elementary school and, and middle school. And they would give me a ride to, to school and uh, he was a Mexican guy, and he would always say, your name in Spanish, since J's are pronounced as H's, would be Jefe or Jifre. Mm. And that's not accurate at all. Like in Spanish, my name would still be Jeff, you know, okay. but it was just uh, his way of kind of like trolling me. So he'd call me uh, Jefe or Jefe or Jifre. And that, uh, that stuck, man. That, that stuck. Uh, my buddies throughout middle school would all call me Jefe, Jefe, Jifre, just kind of messing around. Uh, eventually that, that translated into, to Hefe, uh, like in, in high school. So people would call me Jeff or Hefe and, uh, on the wrestling team, the same thing. Everyone would be like, yo, Hefe, Hefe. Um, and uh, I started training MMA at 15, 14, 14. Uh, and my coach, Jason high vet, UFC vet, world series vet, PFL vet, yep. dream vet, everything vet, um, would, would call me, uh, Hefe Cito. And he said, I'm not calling you Hefe until you're 18. You can't be the boss. Uh, so you're 18. So the little translation of Hefe is boss or the boss. Um, so he, he stuck true to his word. He didn't call me Hefe until I was 18. And then when I, when I turned 18 at my amateur debut, he, he called me Hefe. And that's, uh, that's how I got that nickname. And it's uh, just play on words with my name, Jeff, Hefe. And then uh, the little translation, the boss. Like right. I, I'm running things when, uh, when we're fighting. I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the boss in there. I'm running the operation. Well, I'm a big fan, man. Uh, you are the boss. You're doing great. Three and own the UFC. Had the Contender Series win as well. Eleven and two overall. You're still so young. You have so much more career left. And uh, I look forward to the day that you fight for that belt, and we could play that clip of you predicting that you'll be a champion. Well done on the win. Well done on everything you said before and afterwards, my friend. You're a great role model, and looking forward to having you back on in the future. My oh, man, thank you, brother. You're talking to uh, my teammate later, Brandon Moreno. Tell him I said, what's up? I will. Thank you, bro. I will. There he is. Jeff Molina, uh, kind enough to join us, uh, part of the youth movement on today's program. Two uh, New Jersey natives back-to-back on the show. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. 
Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, Jeff born in Lakewood, New Jersey. And uh, now we're going to have another Jersey native, Aaron Blanchfield, on the program. And she had another uh, big win uh, an impressive win, a submission win over J.J. Aldrich, just 23 years young. Let's go to the Zoom machine and say hello to another person who a lot of people think will be a future champion, Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Ariel? I'm doing really well. Congratulations. 23 multiple wins in the UFC, just got your first finish. Uh, could you could you describe what life is like for you now? Are you exceeding your own expectations and wildest dreams? Uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of everything I expected. Like, I went pro at 18, so I expected to get into the UFC pretty young. Um, and, you know, I've always expected – I've had high expectations out of myself. So um, getting those two first wins were nice, but I really wanted that finish. And I was super happy to get that finish Saturday. Yeah, deadly finish as well. I mean, the guillotine was beautiful. Uh, I would imagine this of your previous performances, this was your favorite in the UFC, right? Uh, yeah, definitely so far. Yeah, and you even had the call out ready. Uh, you want the winner of Macy Barber or uh, Jessica I coming up later. Why that fight? Uh, you know, I mean, that they got on a big card, and I feel like I, I, I want to get like some fights against bigger names um, coming up. I've had tough fights, like the girls I fought were tough, but I definitely want to start finding people a little bit bigger names to get myself out there a little bit more. So I think either of those girls would be a perfect fight for me. Are you at a pool party right now? What 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 are you doing on this Monday? Um, well, actually, I'm I'm down the shore right now. I'm about to go to the beach after this, but I'm at a Starbucks right now. Oh man! Because um, I wanted to make sure I had some Wi-Fi so I could talk to you. Oh, I appreciate that. So this is how you're celebrating down yeah. in the Jersey Shore. Yeah, today, okay. and then I probably go back next week too. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good time to be there. Um, and so have we have we put because I know you were a student at Montclair State. And you were studying communications. Have we put all school on hold for now, now that you're climbing the ranks in the UFC? Yeah, um, like last year when I, I got in, like last April, um, I finished out that semester because I was studying like uh, like sports media kind of stuff. Um, and I, I kind of like knew like after, once I got into the UFC, I wanted to put school aside. It's something I kind of like talked to my parents and stuff about. Um, so once I got in, I just haven't gone back since. Um, not totally writing it off, but just for now because... I want to put all my focus into fighting. Obviously, my uh, my interest gets peaked when I hear someone wants to be in sports media. Like, what would you want to do? What's your dream job? If, you know, once the fighting stuff is over, if you had to go back and do that, what would you want to do? Uh, I mean, for me, I kind of want to get into, like, commentating and stuff like that. Like, honestly, like, I feel like the perfect job would be, like, an ESPN uh, analyst for, like, the UFC. 
um, I could definitely see myself like going into that in the future. Um, I feel like I definitely need some more experience like in that type of work, but that's definitely like my goal, like after fighting. Was that something that you wanted to do as a kid growing up as well? No, not really. Um, as a kid, I always wanted to fight because I've been training since I was like seven years old. But as I got older and I started realizing, you know, you can only fight for so long. Like in my, like I kind of, I figure I'll probably be done like early, mid thirties. Um, you have a whole life after that. And I know I want to stay involved in the sport in some way. And I feel like since I've put so much time into this already and I know so much about the sport, I feel like that kind of can be a natural transition for me. Who got you? So seven years old, you first started training. You were first introduced to, to martial yeah. arts. How did that happen? Who got you into it? Uh, so actually, I was dancing before that, and uh, I just quit dancing right, right around then when I was seven. And my brother, my younger brother, uh, Brendan Blanchfield, he, he was cornering me last week too, um, was already training, actually. My mom put him into like a little kid's program just to get him started, just to learn how to defend himself. And I went to go watch him and I didn't know like girls really trained at all then. And I remember seeing like a girl that was a black belt at the gym at the time. And I went to my dad, I was like, oh my God, like girls can do this. Like I was like, so like taken aback. And then they offered me like an introductory class. And then from then I was like, oh. And he was your younger brother. So how old was he when he first started? He was four. Wow. Geez. Were, were, were your parents, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe your dad uh, has a background in martial arts, right? No, not really. I mean, oh. my dad boxed a little bit as a kid but he never he didn't really compete or anything like that yeah neither of my parents really did martial arts growing up but they just loved the idea of us like knowing how to defend ourselves okay and then you, you took your first kickboxing fight when you were 14 yes yeah uh, I did. On, on like a day's notice a day's notice and your parents were okay yeah. with this oh uh, well i didn't tell them actually oh, no. i was at the gym yeah <laughs> It was like during the summer. And um, so I just like was going to the gym like every morning training with like the fight team at the gym I was going to at the time. And um, they had like they did like amateur kickboxing matches out in Pennsylvania. And um, I guess they had a matchup and one of like the girls on our team like fell out. So they asked me if I could take it. And right away, I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Because I've already competed in like some like other local like kind of like kickboxing like, tournaments, but not like a legit fight before. Um so I was kind of comfortable with it. And I remember like calling my parents right after I told them yes. And I was like, oh, I'm fighting tomorrow. My mom was so mad at me because they had like a wedding they had to go oh, to no. the next day. But um, my dad, I don't think really wanted to go. So he's like, it's okay. I'll go with you. Like your mom can go to the wedding and I'll, I'll drive you to Pennsylvania to go fight. Did you win? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was a tough, yeah, it was a tough match, I won. Did you, uh, did you consider going down the kickboxing route as a pro or was it always MMA? No, I always wanted to do MMA. Um, I just did kickboxing and stuff as a kid because in like Jersey, New York area, you can't do MMA till you're 18. Um, so I just wanted to gain experience like in grappling and uh, striking growing up. So that's why I did that. But I always wanted to do MMA. How old were you when you decided like, I'm actually going to try to do this for a living? I'm going to try to make it to the UFC. I would say about like 12, 13. It was before... Um, the UFC had women. It was like when Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate were like fighting and strike force. Um, I remember that's like the first, cause my dad was always a big fan of the UFC. He watched it all while I was growing up, but I didn't really pay attention to it until like I saw um, some girls fighting. And I remember like that, that fight for the title when Ronda and Misha were fighting was like the first fight. I remember like actually sitting down and like watching and paying attention. And like, after seeing that, I was like, Oh, like I've been already training this for years. 
Um, and I could see myself doing this in the future. I feel like then is when I started kind of taking it more serious and seeing myself having, and that's, and then the UFC opened up the women's like division, maybe like a year or so after that. So once I saw that happen, I was like, Oh, I, I think this is what I want to do. Wow. Yeah. So that was uh, that first fight was March of 2012. They introduced women yeah. February of 2013. So you were like 13, yeah, 13 years old or so. Thirteen. That's crazy. Did your friends watch this as well? Like were your other friends who were girls watch this as well or no, not really. Um, probably not my friends at school, but I had friends like at the gym and stuff. So they kind of knew about it. So we were kind of all into it together. I think like it wasn't as popular, like mainstream until like a few years later, I would say till I was like a little deeper into high school. Okay. Um, and I hear you are, and people are saying you're potential future champ. You have that in you when you hear that sort of thing. Uh, that's a lot of pressure to live up to. How do you, how do you internalize it? How do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, that's what I expect out of myself, too. Like, honestly, I feel like I probably wouldn't have done this if I didn't feel like I could be a champ at some point. Um, and, you know, I definitely want to improve and get better, but I know that I'll have that strap one day. You feel, how long? Like, how long do you think it takes? Uh, obviously, the uh, the Jones record is uh, is out of reach as a 23-year-old youngest yes. champion, but that's okay. There's no, uh, no issue with that. How long before you're in that title conversation in your mind? Um, I mean, I could see it happening within the next two, three years. I feel like that's probably the soonest, um, but I'm not too stressed about it. I feel like as long as I keep getting the wins in and I keep fighting and I stay healthy, it's going to come. But, um, but yeah, if I keep winning the way I am, I feel like in the next two, three years or so. Why is your nickname cold-blooded? Uh, the cold-blooded came from my dad, actually. He kind of made it up um, while I was competing, like growing up. Uh, he always said like, oh, I just like go in there and I was like, had like no emotion. Nicely go and beat people up. Um, and I, I did, it was kind of like a family thing. We kind of like joked about it. And then once I had, I think it was when I went into the EBI, they like asked if I had a fight name. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to use cold blooded. And then it stuck from there on. Is that how you are in everyday life as well? Somewhat stoic, cold blooded? I, I would definitely say I'm more of a stoic person. It, it takes a lot to get some emotion out of me. I feel like I have to like basically finishing fights is like the only thing that gets me really like riled up. But like other than that, I would say I'm a pretty stoic person. And uh, your your division in focus this weekend: Valentina Shevchenko against Tyler Santos. Do you think Santos can uh, can knock her off? No, I don't think so. I mean, I I mean Santos is she's a tough fighter and she's pretty well rounded, but I don't think she has anything that Valentina can't handle. Okay, so another win for Valentina. Is that the dream fight for you? Yes, Valentina is definitely like one person I want. To, I feel like, I feel like she'll still be there within the next few years. I know she has like no, um, she doesn't want to stop anytime soon, and she always talks about that how she wants to stay champ forever. Um, but we all know that's not possible. Um, and I feel like that's like the one fight I definitely want to have. I want to be that person to dethrone her. That's the dream. That's what you're working towards. What would be a bigger yeah. deal to dethrone her to become champion? I feel like dethroning Valentina to become champ would be the biggest deal because I feel like whenever you dethrone someone that's so dominant, it makes it like that much sweeter. You know what I mean? Kind of like what Juliana did to Amanda not so long ago. Right. All right. Well, you're well on your way. Uh, congrats on another big win. Congrats on a great showing, a great finish. Thanks for doing this at the beach. Appreciate you and uh, good luck in the, in the rest of your career. Good luck in the next step. Thank you. All right, there she is, Aaron Blanchfield, uh, still undefeated in the UFC, nine and one as a pro, wins over JJ Aldrich, 
Miranda Maverick, Sarah Alper. We're trying to introduce you to some fresh blood here on the program. So we have Jeff Molina, uh, who had that big win. And we had Aaron Blanchfield, probably the biggest win of the weekend as far as MMA is concerned. Another guy who went viral, but in this case, it was because of what happened in the cage. Bo Nickel, who we spoke to Jorge Masvidal about uh, last week, last Wednesday. He fought on the Jorge Masvidal's Icon FC3 card in Virginia. That was Friday night. Had an incredible win over a guy named John Noland, and they were both making their pro debut. But, uh, I mean, I saw, I, I saw the the knockout. I retweeted it. And then uh, I'm not saying it's because of me. I'm, just, I'm not trying to give myself the old Barry H. But then a few hours later, I saw it had uh, almost a million views. It probably has well over that at this point. So uh, you're welcome, UFC Fight Pass Twitter. That one's on the house. Tremendous stuff. Everyone speaks so highly of him. This is a guy who won the national championship as a member of the Penn State Nittany Lions. He was a tremendous wrestler in college, three times uh, Hodge trophy winner, much like the great Ben Askren. Everyone at ATT, everyone who's been around him has been saying this is a future champion. Uh, He is just 26. He fights at 185 pounds, and we all know about the wrestling. But if the striking continues to improve and evolve like what we saw on Friday, and it just lasted 33 seconds, uh, he is going to be a very, 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 very special fighter and a name to watch. And quite frankly, if I'm a promotion, including the UFC, I'm signing him today. I'm si- Forget about the UFC, but they've done this before with other people. They've signed them, and then they have you go fight in LFA or whatever you know regional promotion that's on Fight Pass, which makes a lot of sense. They should honestly do this more. If I'm Scott Coker, if I'm the PFL, if I'm any promotion under the sun that wants to make a mark, that wants to, you know, have some homegrown talent, I'm signing Bo Nickel today. I'm signing him on Friday. Quite frankly, I'm signing him last week before the fight. He's that special. Everyone that I speak to about him uh, says the same. And what I like about him is he talks a big game. He talks about, you know, being able to out-wrestle Khabib Nurmagomedov, saying that he's going to be a future champion. Uh, He gets the showmanship part of the sport. He gets, you know, that you have to sell yourself, but now he's backing it up as well. Let's say hello to Bo Nickel, who's now 1-0 as a pro MMA fighter. He joins us now via the Magic of Zoom. What's up, Bo? How are you? What's up, Ariel? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. It's good to have you. We had a bit of like a Twitter spat, you and I, a couple of uh, weeks ago. Honestly, I don't even remember what it was, but I think you were upset with something that I said, right? We had a Twitter spat? Yeah, it was you and I. I was like, wow, I thought Bo and I were cool. I thought we were boys. We were boys? I don't know about that. You, I feel like uh, wow, I always, I've always liked you. I've always thought you, you did a great job. And then, uh, honestly, from... The very first time my manager tried to get me on your show, you were kind of like, I don't give a crap about wrestling. I don't care who this dude is. <laughs> what? And I'm like, that's, crazy. that's, I heard you, I heard you say this. You're like, listen, we got our show booked up. We can't have this dude on. And I'm like, yeah, I, I always liked you, Ariel. But then, and then I do my first interview with you. You're like, 
can you take a punch? I'm like, oh, bro, that's where on. it is. So, that's where it is. I didn't say. Yeah, okay, that so, might have been what it was. Okay, first of all, uh, Abe or Malki are, are they're, they're not giving you the right kind of information. Second of all, uh, I had you on the show before you were even in one amateur MMA fight. How many dudes do I have on the show before their first amateur MMA fight? Now you've been on my show twice after you're a pro. No. I mean, we're getting in our feelings here, Bo, a little bit. I mean, come no, on. No, no, don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate you having me on. I know you have a big platform and, and you do a great job, so... I want to keep that straight. I'm just saying, I felt like I was there on the call when my manager asked you to have me on and, and you were like, nah, this dude's a wrestler. He ain't a fighter. And so no, and don't get me wrong. You were, in, a fighter. you were in, you were in the right. I'm not saying you weren't in, you weren't in the, in the right to do that. Cause I'm a freaking wrestler with no fights. Like, why would you have me on your show? But, you know, what's the truth. Can hey, I tell you what the truth is? I have, a, I mean, look, I have DC right there. It. You know, Henry, all these dudes are wrestlers, right? I mean, we, we love these guys. The truth is, I get a call from a Malky and Abe every day about that guy, the next best thing. And I say to them, yeah, okay, let's have one amateur fight before you tell me you have the next best thing. I mean, I mean, AJ Ferrari, they tell me all day, now he's going to pro wrestling. I mean, like, come on. Can we just yeah. like chill out for a second? But you know I got love, and we talked about you all last week, and we hyped you up, so I, you know, I, I'm just... Absolutely. And then the punch thing was, I've heard from people, like, wasn't that the thing about Jordan Burroughs? He didn't want to get punched, right? Isn't that the thing that people have said about wrestlers that maybe you don't want? So I just, it was, I wasn't saying you don't want. I was just saying, do you, you know, are you comfortable with this? Okay. You, you know, that's all. It's a question. Hey, it's all good. I'm not, I'm not offended at all. And, and I, I, again, this is a good opportunity. I appreciate you having me on. This is cool. Like I'm, I'm a one and oh pro. Like, yeah, this is great. you know, this is, this is great for me. So I, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that question makes sense too, but you, you got also got to know, like me and Jordan Burroughs are two different cats. So, uh, I, like I think you, you know, as my career continues to build, you'll, you'll see that. I like it. I love, I love the confidence that you have in yourself. I like the bravado. I love the things that you say, uh, what's life been like? I mean, that clip went viral, man. It went everywhere. What's life been like since the win? Oh, it's, uh, you know, pretty cool. I, I have definitely, uh, you know, gained a few followers on social media, which is, is great and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just, you know, um, big opportunities coming to in the future. Obviously, you know, you mentioned I'm with, uh, Abe and Malky with first round. So, you know, they're chatting with a whole bunch of people and stuff, uh, organizations interested in signing me and things like that. So, you know, got my, definitely, uh, have enjoying the moment and, you know, it was a very cool, cool thing that happened and you know, a lot of hard work went into that to getting that fight, you know, it had been seven months since my last fight. So, you know, that's a long time. And, uh, for me to not have been competing and yeah, you know, now I'm kind of just focused on the future, trying to, you know, pick my next moves. Why did it take so long? So originally I was like wanting to fight February, March, and I was actually going to do another amateur fight and we were going to do it in state college PA and rec hall where Penn state wrestles all of our home matches. And so we were, you know, working on getting this event set up, doing it ourselves. And, um, you know, things just didn't exactly work out. They got pushed back. The fight got pushed back to April. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I'll fight at home in April. And then, uh, the dealings with the commission and with the university just kind of like, wasn't going well. There was like too many pieces, too many people involved and it ended up falling through. So then, you know, now I'm like, all right, I don't have a fight. And then, uh, you know, in addition to that, just like getting me an opponent is tough. So we're trying to like find me somebody to even fight. And luckily, um, I was able to, you know, jump on this icon card in June. And so that was just kind of, you know, things here and there and, uh, things getting pushed back, not finding an opponent. And yeah, it just took a little while, but 
it is what it is. So here's the thing. I said this before you joined. I don't know if you heard me. If I'm a promoter right now, I'm signing you today. I'm trying to sign you today. Like if I'm Scott Coker, I'm trying to sign you right now. I'm trying to sign you before this knockout, to be honest, but now even more so, right? If I'm the UFC, I'm trying to sign you and maybe we put you in other... Pro- are these, you know, are Abe and Malky first round, are they talking to these types of guys or are you not interested in that right now? Like, do you want to fight, bounce around and just pick up fights and then maybe your value is even greater and then you could talk to the big boys? What are you thinking? No, we're, we're definitely in, in talks with the big boys. Uh, every promotion that you, that, you know, is on the map, all the big promotions, we're having discussions with them. So, you know, that's, that's something that's on my mind for me. The, the main thing is development. Like, again, I'm a one and O pro, you know, I'm not, I don't have 10, 15 fights like that level of experience. So, you know, I want to get experience. I want to get fights and, and continue to build and grow and get better. And, uh, I think I'm going to do, it, it's weird because I say that, but I also think like I can do that really quickly. You know, it's not something where I need, so many fights before I'm in a big organization, but I kind of just feel like, you know, I, I trust my team. I trust the guys around me. I trust David Malky. I trust Dan Lambert, Mike Brown, all the people at American top team to, you know, help guide me. And so like, this is definitely new territory for me, but I feel like I'm surrounding myself with good people and, and making sure that I'm listening to their advice and what they have to say, as far as like, you know, match me up with, with the right opponents, making sure that I'm, doing the right things and respecting, respecting the process of what this is like. Cause I did wrestle for 20 years, but you know, this is a completely different sport. I'm jumping into it. I'm, I'm less than a year in. So um, yeah, continue to respect development, respect the process. And if, if I'm ready to go and everybody thinks I'm ready to go, if Mike Brown, my management, everybody's like, Hey, you're ready to, you know, fight in a main card in the UFC event. Like, let's go, let's do it. So I believe in myself. I know I can do it. I just want to have, you know, Everybody else confirmed that for me as too. Do you have a preference? Where you go? As far as organ- organization? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm out to be the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. So that that's what I want to do. That's what I'm here here to do, and and that's what I'm going to accomplish in the next five years. So we all know where I have to be in order to do that. Now, will I be there right away? Will that be you know the first organization that I sign with? I don't know. It's hard to say, but that's where I will be without a doubt within, you know, half a decade. So just to be clear, within the next five years, pound for pound list, mixed martial arts, Bo Nichols, number one. That's your prediction? Yes. And you'll be a champion by then as well? 100%. Yeah. No doubt in your mind? No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. I mean, I think that, um, you know... It, it's a long path. There's a lot of things that can happen in, in five years. That's a long time, especially in the MMA world. I'm not, I'm not ignorant. I'm not oblivious. I'm not like, you know, one of those dudes that like says all this crazy stuff that like, I think these are realistic goals for me. It's not something where I don't ever like set a goal out and just like say it to say it like, Oh, I'm going to be world champion or all this and that. Like that's something that I've thought long and hard about not only what I want to do, but the timeline behind it too. And, I feel like that's a feasible accomplishment for me. Like, I'm not going to say inside a year. I'm not going to say inside two years. But five years, I think that's, that's absolutely doable for me. And, and considering the amount that I put into this sport, the amount of energy that I put into my training and how disciplined I am, and again, having the right people around me, I, I think that's absolutely um, doable. And I know for a fact that I will do that. 
Just curious. I mean, obviously, I would imagine you'd say if we were going to score this like on a one to 10, your wrestling is at a 10, right? You you feel like that's what you do, national champion, Hodge, all that. Where, If, if mm-hmm. wrestling is at a 10 on the same scale, where would you put your striking right now? I mean, are, are we talking like relative to my wrestling or are we talking relative to like the rest of the world? The rest of the world. I don't know. Not that high, like... Three, four. What about relative, <laughs> and relative to, to what I think? I mean, relative to my wrestling, it's like a zero. Okay. <laughs> right. And relative, relative to where I think it's going to be in you know two, three, four years, it might as well be a zero. Like I'm, I've been training again less than a year, ten months, and I've made a lot of development. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a world class striker because I'm not. But I know where I will be soon in a few years, and the amount of energy that I put into this, I don't think, uh, people can match that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm getting, I'm gaining on everybody every single day. Uh, I saw some comments from Ben Askren that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, he was very complimentary of you, obviously, as is everyone in the wrestling world, but he said, you're the last of a certain type of breed. Like you're the last of the Hodge winners that is going to come over to MMA after wrestling and do what you're about to do because now guys are going to stick around and there's money to be made and all this stuff. Do you agree with him that, you know, in the future, guys like you who are multiple time national champions, Hodge winners are actually not going to go to MMA like we've seen over the last, you know, 10 or so years? I think so. Um, I think that you really got to want it now. If you're a wrestler going into MMA, like that has to be like something you really want. Whereas in the past, if you were a wrestler, like, you almost had to go to MMA if you wanted to make any money. Like there was no opportunity. Nowadays, there's a lot more opportunity. You know, I know people that wrestle matches and get paid tens of thousands of dollars and it's not Jordan Burroughs or, you know, David Taylor. It's, it's guys that you wouldn't think. So, you know, people can make money in wrestling nowadays. In addition to that, having, you know, regional training centers paying people full-time salary just to train every day. So, you know, that wrestling is really changed and evolved in that way. And I don't think that a lot of people will transition over to MMA like the past. And I think for me, I just love it. I love fighting. I grew up fighting. Like that was something that was kind of always part of my life and that I enjoyed. And so it was a, not like a a forceful thing because at the end of the day, I think I could have stuck with wrestling and been a world and Olympic champion within this next cycle too. So um, I really just wanted it and felt more passionate about MMA than wrestling. And that's what kind of led me to that decision. But it wasn't like a I had to transition over thing. Uh, for those that may not have seen you, obviously you haven't showed us a lot. I mean, that fight just was 33 seconds. Of the guys who were great collegiate wrestlers, amateur wrestlers, and then transitioned over to MMA, who would you say your style is most like right now and could end up being like the most of those guys? Is there anyone? Like my fighting, my fighting yeah. style or wrestling? No, your fighting style. Fighting? Like who do you think you will end up looking like the most? I'm going for finishes like every single fight. I mean, so I think a guy that, that, that especially early in his career had a lot of finishes was John Jones. And yet he had, you know, diversity too. I mean, obviously my wrestling accolades were a little, a a lot better than his, but he stopped wrestling really young. You know, like I stopped wrestling at 25. He stopped wrestling at like what, 20, something like that. So, you know, I think he could have been that type of athlete in, in wrestling had he stuck with it too. So I see myself, you know, emulating a lot of how, of his attacks, of his styles. I mean, we're both long guys, explosive, powerful. So, you know, and, and he was out there just finishing dudes. 
whether that was with strikes, elbows, kicks, knees, you know, submissions. And, and that's kind of how I see myself too, because to be that number one pound for pound that I want to be, I'm not, I can't go out there and take a dude down and hold him down for five minutes. Like I got to smash every single guy I fight. So, you know, the guys that did that are the guys that I'm trying to, I'm trying to emulate that style. True or false of all the uh, national champions turned MMA fighters, when it's all said and done, Bo Nickel will be the best one. True. Without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's also hard because it's like, are you going to compare somebody that fought five years ago that fought 10 years ago? I mean, you know, the like a saying goes, I hear this a lot is like, we stand on, on shoulders of giants. So I have all this data, all this film of guys that I get to watch before me. So, you know, I really have a big head start on every guy like that. So, you know, in my opinion, when my career is over, I will be better, but I think that somebody's going to come along behind me and, and blow me out of the water too when I'm retired. So I just think like, that's a hard comparison. I think that that will be true, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you compare any sport 20 years ago, like the guys now are better, but I think that's going to be the same thing in the next 20 years. So, you know, for me, it's just about doing what I can in my, in my time, in my moment and the comparison and stuff, everybody will want to play that game. And just for me, it's about just knowing it in my heart. I enjoyed the comments about Khabib. Uh, you said that you would out-wrestle him in a competition if you guys ever went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Uh, Khabib fans are a crazy bunch. What kind of uh, reaction did you get to those comments? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were like, just, they don't understand. Like, they don't understand what I'm saying. And it's just, I, I think that more than anything, it's not really an opinion. It's a fact. It's like, the, the, what I compared it to was, the guy asked me if I would beat Khabib in a wrestling match. I'm like, dude, I wrestled my whole life. That's like asking me if I'm going to stop a Cristiano Ronaldo penalty kick. Like, I'm not going to stop it. Like, he's going to hit that 100 out of 100 times. Maybe one time he hits the crossbar, but, like, I'm not touching the ball. Like, it's the same thing. So, for me, I didn't even – I really didn't like the question that it was brought up because I'm like, I don't want to even answer this because I'm just going to sound kind of like a jerk because everybody's, like, obviously loves Habib, and I have a ton of respect for him too. But I just think, like, that's my sport. I've done that my whole life, and – I'd go out and do the same thing to somebody that did it their whole life too. So what's going to stop me from doing it to Habib who's never competed in wrestling? Right. Uh, Habib, though, I hear, great spike ball player. So he might be able to get Is that you. right? No, I'm making that up, but I'm trying to make you think that you can... Uh, <laughs> I, I hear that you're like you're legit. Like you could go pro in spike ball as well. I got... I got range. I got some range. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good. We play a lot in wrestling and in, in the wrestling room and stuff. So, you know... Um, I, I can uh, I can play. I mean, I wouldn't put myself up there with like a pro player or anything like that because I've, I've played with the club team at Penn State and those dudes, some of them are are sick. Like they do stuff that's just like doesn't make sense. So, I mean, if I if I did it like competitively and played like every single day, I think I, I would get there. But I mean, just walking up like off the street, like I can hang, but I'm not like a pro pro. Right, right, right. Fair enough. Um, and by the way, that ATT that they were opening up Close to Penn State. Is that, is that fully up and running? Oh, yeah. Fully up and running. It's been up and running since August. So that's when I started training this past August. And that's when the gym opened up. So, yeah, I'm there. I'm there pretty much every day. Um, I'm down in Coconut Creek probably every six weeks, eight weeks maybe. And, uh, yeah, kind of, you know, those are the two spots that I'm training at. And uh, it sounds like Jorge is going to come down to the – ATT that you're at in Pennsylvania to try to, I mean, at this point, I think he recognizes that it, you know, he's a little old to 
reinvent himself as a wrestler, but you think that you can uh, try to get that train back on track? I think so. I mean, um, I, I would love for him to come up here and, you know, that's my guy. I, I, I really, uh, for me, love learning from him, you know, sharpening my, of my game. Learned, he has so much experience and he's had so many fights and has such slick striking. So I love, I love learning from him and I feel like we have the best, absolute best wrestling in the world here in state college. It's, uh, you know, really, truly second to none. We've already got, I think, three guys on the world team this year, and we have another few competing on Wednesday to make the world team. So, I mean, out of 10 weight classes, we're probably going to have close to 50% of the weight classes in, in America represented uh, for the world team. And so, I mean, like, I would, I would love for uh, George to come up here and train, and I'm sure he would get a lot out of it, just because the level is just different. Like, you can go train wrestling – in an MMA gym and you can have, you know, maybe a, an all American wrestler in there. That's good. But like basically the worst guys that we have in there are like all Americans. Hmm. So, you know, I, I would not even worse, least accomplished, right? Like least accomplished guys are all Americans. And so, um, it's really no choice, but to get better when you're in that type of environment, it's a, it's a truly different level than anything that MMA has ever had opportunity or access to. So perfect world. When do you fight again? I'll fight again in August. So that's, uh, that's the plan right now. I'm taking probably till Wednesday off. Cause I'm going out to New York city to watch my teammates compete in the world trials and then be back on it Thursday and train through this month, train through July fight in August. Do you have that date yet? I don't have a date yet. Um, but my management team and I are working on it. So I, I want to get as many fights as possible by the end of the year. Uh, I, I didn't think like after this fight that I would get as much attention as I did as far as like organizations wanted to like help out and get me fights. Cause they're like, yo, whatever we got to do to just get this dude more experience, get him fights, like we'll do it. And so I kind of thought like, oh, like we're still going to be in, in slow play mode where, where we're going to have to figure this out ourselves. So I pretty much booked up my June with like traveling and training and stuff. And so I, had I like hindsight known this, I wouldn't have booked anything. I would have just, I would probably fight again in July, but because of that, I'm, I'm traveling. Like I'm going out to Cali to see my strength coach, uh, at the training lab and, and see some other people out there. And, uh, then after that, you know, I'm that the pretty much most of the month is going to be gone and I'll, I'll start back up in July, but yeah, it's looking like August, hopefully, you know, first couple weeks in August, then I can turn around and fight again in September. What are the chances you sign with one of these big organizations before August? Uh, I, I don't think that I'll sign before then. I think that I'll probably get two more fights is kind of what the, what the message has been, you know, as far as what's been relayed to me is I need, I need a couple more fights, which I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't care. I just, That's I want to get experience. I want to fight. Who's saying so this? your management I, or the promotions are telling you if it's the promotions, they should be slapped for saying this. <laughs> it's both. I've been on phone calls with, you know, all of us together, like, uh, you know, group calls. So that's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's not every promotion either. That's just, you know, specific promotion, but, uh, and I, I there's other promotions that want to sign me right now. I would imagine. But, uh, to get to like the, the top, top, then, uh, we're talking, you know, I need a little more, they want, they want to see a little more, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I know where I'm headed and, I, I need experience. I need fights right now, in my opinion, regardless of 
where I'm who I'm signed with or where I'm at. I just I want to get flights. They want to see a little more. I mean, that is crazy. <laughs> if I'm one of them, I sign you. And if they don't want to put you, you know, like on one of their shows, which I think is crazy. And it's, look at the attention that you're getting for fighting. You know, let's be honest, someone who's, you know, a, a no name yeah. guy, right? I mean, yeah. What are these guys talking about? This is crazy. I know. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to get in there. So whatever they think, <laughs> let's do it. Are we good now? Are we buds again? We've always been buds. Always. I, I didn't know you were holding on we, to a three-year no, grudge, you know? I, I wasn't aware of this. No, no. Hey, listen. We can always be buds, but I'll remember that. I'll oh, remember it. Oh, God. No, <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay, so what's going to happen is you're going to be pound for pound grade in less than five years. You'll be a champion, and then you're going to really hold this against me and be like, I'm not talking to that guy. He didn't believe in me when I when I was still in college and said I was going to be like like a million other dudes, but that's fine. Listen, if you want to use me yeah, as... Yeah, exactly. You figured it out. So like right now, it works out because, you know, I'm still up and coming. Right. Like, you know, we're at the point where this is this is great for me. This is great for my brand. But as soon as I get a little big, you I'm know, done. see you later. I'm done. Yeah. All right, perfect. I can't <laughs> wait for that. It's happened before, by the way. Uh, congrats on the oh, win, geez. Bo. Great win, great stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch you, you know, climb the ranks and then to say... I had that guy before his uh, MMA debut on the show because uh, you're about to be a champion. We Everyone knows it, and uh, it's rare that someone like you comes along, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this you know, from beginning to where you're about to head. So thank you so much for the time. Good luck to you, and congrats again on the win. Thanks, Ariel. Appreciate you having me on, and yeah, see you soon. All right. Looking forward to it. There he is, Bo Nickel. Remember that name if you're not a wrestling fan. And this is crazy. I mean, his dude called me up, and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, we want to have you. And uh, honestly, I had like, I remember who was on that show. That might've been the show with the rock on it. Um, it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It was, who was on? I can't find it here. Anyway, uh, not important. And I guess they had me, I guess they had me on speaker, which is a shady move and I'll have to talk to them about it. But he was on, I put him on, so I don't know how you can hold it against me. And then we've followed, and, and, and then he has the pro debut, and we have him on. So I don't think I could be blamed for this one, if I'm being honest. But everyone says he's a future star. Everyone speaks very highly of him. And that has happened, by the way. Someone has held a grudge and then only kind of cashed in the grudge when they became a superstar, i.e. Rousey, Ronda. Held on to the grudge, but then only really got mad about the grudge when she became a superstar. Very bizarre, very bizarre. Bo's not that kind of guy. I, I feel like he's not that kind of dude, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch his rise. Now, big fight July 30th. We spoke to Jeff Molina earlier, flyweight division. Let's focus on the flyweight division in this hour. Uh, we've got one half of the interim title fight, July 30th, Dallas, Texas, UFC 277. It's 6 o'clock in the morning, 6.05 to be exact, in New Zealand. Let's say hello to Kai Car France, who, I mean, is this is a record. I don't think anyone's come on this early, Kai. You're unbelievable. Thank you so much for doing this, my friend. Cheers, bro. Uh, nah, any, anything for you, bro. Anytime. <laughs> 
I appreciate My it. Pleasure. You know, we have our guy Connor in the back. He has your poster up the entire time. Every time we go to him, the producer in the back, his, your face is on the wall and he wears your t-shirt. He's on vacation today in France. So he's going to be very upset that you're not here. He loves you and bet on you to beat Askarov and is betting on you again uh, in July. And so let's talk about this title fight. Were you surprised when you got the offer to fight? I know you said you were ready, but when you found out it was an interim title fight against Brandon Moreno, July 30th, rematch, by the way, of a fight that happened in December 2019, were you surprised that that was the offer? Um, I guess, yeah, I was, you know, just living my life. Um, I was actually about to leave for my uncle's um, funeral when I found out the news. So, like, I was... I had other priorities um, happening when um, I found out it was on a Sunday and I was about to fly down to uh, like uh, middle of the North Island and where I live. Uh, it's like a six hour drive. So I was about to fly down like an hour flight <clears throat> to be with my family. So I was kind of like on like a high, you know, like my manager called me and he said, um, Hey bro, uh, I got it wrong. They're not going for the fourth fight now. Um, they're doing the interim title and they, and you and Brandon are fighting for it. Uh, Figueroa is injured or um, he's, he's out. So um, at the time I was like, oh, this is everything I've worked towards. And then after I got the phone call, I was like, sweet. Um, got the date booked. Um, I'll go be with my family, be, um, be there pre present. And then after that, then I can start to work towards the goal. So yeah, it's, um, it's crazy how kind of things work out. Um, that uncle that passed away, he's actually my namesake. So that's who I'm named after kind of thing. Wow. So it was kind of like, it was meant for me to go home, be there, um, be there with my family and um, kind of send, send my uncle off. And then um, just, it, it just kind of tied everything together. It's like, okay, when I win the title, I'm going to bring it back down to him and, and celebrate with him. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great place to be now where um, I can just put my head down, focus, and um, that's what we've been doing. So great atmosphere in the gym, um, and it's just kind of perfect timing. I haven't really stopped training since that Askarashka fight, which was on my birthday. And, um, yeah, this is everything I've worked towards my whole my whole life. So kind of uh, fitting. It's a rematch. We fought each other, what, three over three years ago. Um, so, yeah, we get to do it for the title. So I'm excited. I'm very sorry to hear about your uncle uh, and his and his passing. Was it a sudden passing, or uh, was he not feeling well? Uh, um no, nah, he he'd been sick for quite a while. Okay, so, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, something that we expected, but um, yeah, it's always always yeah, a sad thing. But you just got to channel it, and use it, and harness it, turn it into something positive, and and um, yeah, carry on that legacy. Um, so you get this opportunity to fight for the interim belt against Moreno, and uh, I would imagine you would feel this way, but I just want to ask, you've improved a lot probably since that first fight against him. Would you say that you have improved more than he has improved? Um, you know, we're, we've both improved a lot. We're both different fighters since that fight. Um, but yeah, definitely, I, I feel like I'm on another level. Um, obviously, he went on to win the belt after we fought. Um, but he's been fighting the same guy for the last few years, um, and, and I've had different looks. Um, but yeah, I think the bit, the biggest thing about Moreno, he's mentally on another level, um, where he he's just hard to kind of break. He he's always going to be game. He's always going to um, be in your face and, and bring the fight to you. And um, you know, I, I 
I like that style. I like when people do that. I like when um, the fight gets messy and, and you kind of just show that you want it more. Um, and I think that's the difference of me. You know, obviously my skill has gone better technique wise, uh, but mentally I just, I just know I'm the best. And when you're in there and you, and you, and you know that, um, yeah, you just, it's, you just know it's going to be your night and, um, whoever they put in front of you, doesn't even matter. You know, my last fight, no one wanted to fight Ashka Ashcroft. I, I didn't realize that everyone in the, in the top five actually turned them down. No, I wanted to take that risk. So when it came across the table with us, we said, yeah, we'll take it. Cause when you just know you're going to put together the perfect game plan, when you go in there and you just back yourself, doesn't matter who they put in front of you. They could put, you know, anyone. Um, I just know that I'm going to find a way and we're going to, um, come out on top so they could put Brandon they could put Figueroa it doesn't matter um, I, I, I want to fight the best and um, that's just where I'm at I, I don't really care who it is um, I'll get in there and and get it done I know Dallas is um, close to Mexico so I know Brandon Moreno will have the hometown advantage but you know that that's what um, picks me up that's what gets me out of bed just knowing that I'll be in like hostile territory and he'll be feeding off his hometown and I'll be in there to spoil the party. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. What would you say is the biggest difference between you and the first time you guys fought between you today and, you know, almost three years ago? Um, well, definitely being a father now, mm. um, having a son just made me, um, prioritize, um, you know, wh- who I want to be and what I want to be. And, um, you know, how I want to support my family. And then to do that, I've just got to put everything into this and prioritize everything. And, and um, yeah, just trying to be that best version of yourself. So, you know, that translates into everything. So I definitely being a father and being a husband, um, just, just in a different, different place when the, when the first time we fought um, where, um, yeah, it was in a different headspace. And now with this kind of support system that I have around me, uh, yeah, it just allows me to do what I need to do and it helps me. Um, it doesn't hurt me. So, yeah, I think that's been a massive difference. Um, and then just experience. This will be my 10th UFC fight now coming up. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of ring time. Um, and, yeah, it's just kind of perfect timing. Um, so it's a five-round fight, my first five-round fight. So I'm excited to, you know, test myself in those championship rounds, but I don't see it going all five rounds. I know we're flyweights and we've, we've got cardio and we're fit. We're fit. Um, but yeah, I, I can see me putting, putting them away. Um, I'll find, I'll find the button. But um, in the first fight, you know, I, I was finding my targets first round, um, finding the shots. But um, this time when I do find the shots, um, I'll make them count and um, yeah, we'll get the finish. If you can see in the background here, but little memorabilia. Oh yeah, there it is. From the Cody. That's the Cody fight. Yeah. And then on the other side, there's Cody again. Why did you choose those? Oh, I actually got given them as a gift. Oh wow. Yeah, the um, Chad, the photographer. Last time I was in Vegas, he's like, "I want to give the, give you uh, these in person." I took these photos, and then yeah, they're pretty. That's amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, special special time but um yeah ready to make more memories now what about this davis and figueredo he doesn't seem to be very happy 
uh, these days. Uh, he said this to Guilherme Cruz of MMA Fighting. The belt is mine. There's no other belt except for this plastic belt. This joke they're doing between Brandon Moreno and Kai Car France. If we have a chat and the UFC can increase my earnings inside the organization, then I'll stay in the division. But if nothing happens, I'll be forced to move up. I'll stay in the flyweight division if they increase my purse. Also recently, uh, he called the belt um, plastic. He said, the champion has a name and it's Davison Figueredo, God of War. I'll be attending that fight just to see that joke that they're making. This has got me a little upset with the UFC. As I've always given them... Um, a show in my fights. I've always given them good things. And now they're going to try to force me to fight Moreno, but there are other guys. It's like I've been saying, if they pay me well enough, I'll fight that jerk. It's not a problem. So he seems very upset. He did say, though, that he thinks that you're going to knock out Moreno. Uh, so that's his prediction. But how do you feel about him saying that, you know, it's a joke, it's a plastic belt, all this stuff? Um, bro, you missed your shot. Like, before the fight, you were saying, oh, I don't want to fight Brandon because he's been racist and then he's saying he's injured. When it, when the offer comes to you, even if you're the champ, you know, you you have a little bit of, uh, well, you do have a big say in, in the fight, but if you don't want to fight, like, the UFC aren't, aren't going to wait. You know, that that's just how the business is. If you're here to fight, um, then that's what they'll do. They'll, they'll match you up. So, when um, after my last fight in in Columbus, I was talking to Mick, and uh, straight after the fight, pretty much, and I was saying, you know, I'm ready to go again. Um, what's happening? Is this fourth fight happening? And he said, Yeah, we're we're just waiting on um, like that fight is the fight to make, um, but you're next in line. Um, so when that when he said that, I was like, Okay, cool. Um, I'll I'll wait until whenever that fight's going to happen. And and um, I was expecting, you know, later on in the year, if not at the end of the year. Um, but um, when they realized, when they weren't going to take that fight, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go whenever, you know, this is, this is how this fight game is. You just got to be ready to fight whenever. And um, if you're injured, then, you know, that's, that gives you a little setback. You know, you gotta, you gotta um, take the risk for reward and uh, with Figueroa, you know, saying all these things and not really committing, that just shows that he doesn't really want to fight, um, even though he's a champ. So, you know, we can um, – I'm not looking too far ahead, you know, but once I get past Brandon, we can unify this. Uh, we just had the big Cambosis fight in Marvel Stadium. It was awesome to see. I wasn't there, but I, I was watching a few teammates and I'm watching that fight. It was awesome to see Marvel Stadium packed out again, you know, in, in, um, in Melbourne. And um, we could unify the belt in, in Marvel Stadium end of this year, you know, when he's healthy and um, feeling better. Um, but, yeah, like the fight's going to happen eventually. We haven't fought each other yet, and this flow division is so small that we will cross paths sooner or later, um, if that's if he doesn't go up to bantamweight. <clears throat> but, uh, bro, like you missed your chance, even though you're the champ, like, the division moves forward and, and um, me and Brandon get to square off. And, and, you know, I, I thought Brandon won their last fight. So in my eyes, you know, I, I am fighting the best guy. Um, and, and then once I get past Brandon, then I can fight Figgy and then I can um, shut him and his coach up. You know, they talk a lot of, they talk a lot, you know, Henry Cejudo is talking, um, say, oh, and, and their coach Eric saying, oh, get, bring Izzy in the corner when we when we beat you because we want to get that one back. It's like, what's well, so even that got to do with the fight? Like, 
what is it what is that even like i don't i don't even understand why they even need to hold on to that because i guess of um the Paula costa thing and with the uh the backstory behind that and the bad blood but that that was a long time ago so bro are you still thinking about that <laughs> there's bigger and better things to be worrying about like henry stay retired eric take those glasses off <laughs> and um <laughs> and figure it out you know just keep that weight down bro if you want to come back to flyweight you know it hurts you every time you probably only have one more one or two more shots at flyweight before you know you're gonna really hurt yourself with, with these big weight cuts so hopefully he doesn't blow up too much and um he stays keeps his weight down so i'm looking forward to um the future um you know a lot of a lot of exciting fights to be made in this flyweight division um but yeah we've got business to take care of july 30th dallas texas um the rematch and uh yeah I, i'm excited and i can't wait to get in there and just walk down brandon moreno i don't know he was sticking his tongue in tongue out um last time we fought and all the antics um but when when he does that i'll be in his face as well and um i'm, I'm not taking a back step i feel like uh figueredo's I don't know, anger is a little bit ill-advised only because A, he was injured. B, he last fought in January. This isn't like a contract situation with Nganu last summer where he wins the belt in March and then they make the fight three months later only because he had some issues and all that stuff. The dude is injured. And this is six months later. And honestly, like you win, Brandon, like a unification bout always makes it feel a little bit bigger, right? And if you guys fight later, it's like champion versus champion. I, I don't feel like he has much of a legit gripe here. It feels like this is actually better. And then you win. That's a fresh matchup for him. I think there was a little fatigue seeing those guys fight. But if Moreno wins, at least he fights someone else. And I just feel like this is kind of a win-win for the division and for him. So I'm not really sure why he's so upset. It seems a little bit misplaced, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, it, like, it's it's good for new people to be fighting for this bout and for the division and, and for the fight fans, giving them something new to think about and a different, um, yeah, just different, uh, yeah, different people in the trilogies and, and, and these rivalries. Um, you can't just have the same guys fighting like 10 no. times. It's, it gets boring, it gets boring and it gets old. And, um, yeah, when, when we do unify the belt, um, it's going to make it even more exciting. And like I said, bring a, bring a fight night back to New Zealand or Australia. Um, we really miss it and um yeah it'd be awesome to bring it back home um by the way could you tell us what it is like at ckb right now you have izzy i believe alex is there um or was there because i saw some photos of him i know he was working the broadcast the local broadcast of the cambosis fight uh this weekend and then you like three ckb guys and i know alex is also with freestyle but you know part of the team part of the gym fighting for a UFC belt, in your case, 4-1, in their case, defending, in the span of 28 days. What is it like at the gym right now? Not to mention the other dudes who are fighting as well, Riddell and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's um, an amazing atmosphere at the moment. It feels like pre-COVID mm. when um, the world was back to normal. You could travel wherever you wanted. And um, yeah, it just it, it's contagious. You know, everyone's just there you know turning up um it was awesome having alex here for the week um you know this guy it, he, he's got probably got the strongest um top pressure 
pound for pound, like out of anyone in the gym. Um, his his pressure that he creates is, is crazy. Like he'll literally like break your ribs from a squeeze. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool to have, you know, the featherweight champ, um, you know, as one of your sparring partners, training partners, um, giving you the look and, and um, he's pushing to defend his um, bout against Max. Obviously, Izzy's there um, getting ready for his five-rounder against Cannonier. Um So, yeah, when you have champions in your gym and such high-caliber fighters and the standard's so high, um, it only makes you kind of rise up to that. And um, having the rest of the boys getting ready, you know, um, Brad, Carlos, Bloods, um, yeah, it's just a great place to be. Um, and then the rest of the guys that are getting ready, the local guys um, that are getting ready for their fights as well. So, you know, we've got about every week, Eugene's away in another country getting um, cornering fighters and, and um, helping them get ready. So it's just, yeah, I think it's like that until um, August. There's wow. some, someone fighting or, and then obviously with Alex and um, Izzy defending their titles and then me fighting for my first title. Um, it's just the way it is in the gym, you know. There's always something next to look, look, look towards and um, never really stops. You know, that's just the normal thing about this gym um, where we fight. You know, that's what we do. That's what we love to do. And um, we just stay in the gym and we know this is for a short period of time in our lives. So we just got to maximize it. And um, we're pretty privileged to be able to do it in our hometown where other you know, other fighters have to travel to get this kind of training and they have to travel to um, work for these world-class coaches, but we could do it just down the road from our houses. So, yeah, pretty lucky. Um, and, um, yeah, the when you're at sparring and stuff, man, there's no easy rounds at the gym. Like, everyone's pushing, everyone's fit, um, and everyone's just hungry. So um, that keeps me on my toes. Uh, I, you know, I've got a lot of flyweights and bantamweights now in the gym, um, world-class guys that, giving me the, the right look that I need, you know, guys that are getting ready for the Commonwealth for wrestling. Um, so getting that grappling look, um, a lot of high level kickboxes that we're producing that are transitioning into MMA. So, you know, they're giving me that technical um, push that I need in kickboxing, making me think. Um, and then we have a lot of MMA fighters around my, my same weight <clears throat> and it's just a little bit, a little bit bigger, um, giving me, um, you know, hard rounds that I need to, um, to go those five rounds. So I'll be more than ready. I can't wait this morning. That's why we're doing this interview so early because I've got hill sprints right after this. Yes. Nine yes. of them for breakfast. Um, just another day for me. Um, I think the countdown just got here as well. UFC countdown. So they'll be um, filming all our sessions. Uh, later on today, I'll be in the pool with David Wood doing some uh, breathing and CO2 tolerance. Um, and then back in the gym tonight for wrestling. So you know, I've got so many weeks to prepare. Um, we're already kind of, um, you know, deep into our preparation. Um, so yeah, I can't, I can't wait to for July 30th to kind of just come around the corner because it's just that's how it happens. You you start your fight camp and then before you know it, it's fight week. So right. um, that's why you just got to stay training all year round because that's where progression's made. It's not made in the eight to ten weeks because that's just about preparation and preparing your body to go five rounds technically you're not going to get too much better um you're just sharpening things that are, you're already kind of good at um and getting as fit as you can um uh, but the the actual upskilling is happening in between all that when you're um outside of your camps and when you have guys that are turning up you know yearly you know not really taking breaks either um you're already kind of 
taken away um, you, the what's it called the um, distance between your pairs is just going to get bigger and bigger the gap between them because you're putting in so many more reps and so many more hours in the gym so um, I'm only 29 but I can see myself um, holding this belt for a very long time uh, one last quick thing, quick thing to ask you about, because I know you have to run literally to you know run up hills and stuff crazy that early in the morning. Uh, your guys are going to fight in Vegas earlier in the uh, month. Are you going to go there as well, and then just stay in America to get used to the time zone, or will you go over afterwards? Um, yeah, it's something that, that we're thinking about, but as of now, I'm probably not going to go. Um, I'm probably just going to stay and keep my head down and just keep working. And then I'll go maybe two, two weeks before the fight to Dallas, um, just to get, um, kind of adjusted. But yeah, that's the thing about having those mid mid camp trips. Um, it's kind of disrupting. So yeah, I'd probably just rather keep my head down and, and just work hard and support the boys back home. Um, but yeah, that's, this is what you got to do. You've got to prioritize what's best for you and how you're going to put your best foot forward. So I'd rather just stay, stay put and um, yeah, just, just work, um, just grind, you know, even though there'll be about three or four of the boys fighting the week before and, and fight international fight week. Um, you know, we've got so many guys getting ready for their fights coming up. So I'll have more than enough training partners and support back home just to do what we're doing. So yeah, I, um, I'll probably just do that. But but Eugene will be in your corner. Yeah yeah yeah. Okay, he'll wow. just be there for the week, okay. the week, and then come back. You know that's what he does. He d- he's in another country every weekend. Um, Crazy. And he's back to training on Monday, Monday morning. So yeah, there's. Well, I see him taking pictures now with people. I, I think I saw it on Ash's uh, story, or see, someone was there uh, with him in in Australia, where he's got like a bunch of fans coming up to him so it's it's all working out but he doesn't have social media which is very good as well i respect that greatly uh from eugene thank you so much for doing this so early it i always feel bad when i ask you guys to come on early but you're always so gracious you're always so you know uh accessible to us and we really really appreciate it so good luck in training my friend all the best i'm sorry again to hear about your uh your uncle but you know Obviously, uh, wish you the best in, in training camp and very happy that you're getting this opportunity. And, uh, we, you know, we may talk before the fight, but good luck in, in, in training camp and looking forward to the 30th of July. Thank you, Ariel. Always appreciate your time. And yeah, can't wait. Let's All right. get it. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, Kaikar France. Thank you so much to him. Waking up so early over there in New Zealand, uh, UFC 277 coming up July 30th, two pay-per-views in July, you've got the International Fight Week one. Uh, that's UFC 276. Two CKB guys on that card. Volkanovski going up against Holloway for the third time. And then uh, Izzy Israel Adesonia going up against Jared Cannonier. And you know what's the best part about July? One Apex show. How about that? July 2nd, T-Mobile or Mobile. Mobile, Mobile, whatever, Tomato, Tomato. July 9th, Apex. July 16th, Long Island. First report over here in UBS Arena. July 23rd, 02. July 30th. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dallas. That's nice. It's been a while since we had that. Obviously, the goal, no more Apex. I mean, I just can't give it up for Alexander Volkov. Yeah. Oh, like Felice Herrig. Felice Herrig, great run, great career, retires. Give it up for Felice Herrig. It's four people there. What's going on? There's literally four people there, four fans there. I do have to say, though, and we're going to be joined by Brandon Moreno. So this is fun. The two guys fighting each other. You know, in another time, we'd have had them on at the same time. But, you know, we've we've grown up around these parts. Paul Felder doing so well on the broadcast. The Alonzo Menafield fight, the Felice Herrick fight. One thing that drives me nuts, watching these post-fight interviews, watching any post-game interview in any sport, whether it's basketball, football, fighting, boxing, MMA... I often find that the person asking the questions already has the questions set or just draws upon like the same old, same old list of questions and isn't asking anything pertinent to what just happened, isn't asking them about like they'll ask, someone will just have a big win and they'll ask about the making of the fight or how they felt going into the fight. Like, no, we need to ask them about right now. How are you feeling right now about what just happened? And then what often happens is no follow-up question to what they just said. Felder did it a bunch of times. You know, he doesn't always get to do the post-fight. He did it a bunch of times on Saturday. He's turned into one of the very best in MMA and in combat sports. Listen next time he does the broadcast and then does the post-fight interviews. He's asking proper follow-ups. He's asking about things that are just about you know what happened in the cage, not what happened last week or last month pertinent, timely questions, listening, following up, not a long question, just giving them the opportunity to speak. Fantastic. Well done. Great stuff. All right. So we just got the Kai Car France side of the story. Now let's get the Brandon Moreno side of the story. He meets Kai Car France on July 30th in Dallas for the interim flyweight title. He joins us right now via the Magic Zoom. There he is. Hola, Brandon. Como estas? Muy bien. Muchas gracias. Everything good? How have you been, man? I've been great. Everything is perfect, man. We just spoke to your opponent, Kai Car France, and now we're speaking to you, so this is a nice treat. Thank you for doing the show, as always. Nice. Good to talk to you. Man, actually, that sounds very neutral. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, I, we like both of you very much, and this is a very interesting fight, a rematch. Could I ask you, what was your reaction? Because we had been hearing that it was going to be the fourth fight between you and Davis and Figueredo, and then you find out, no... It's going to be Kai Car France for an interim title in July. What was your reaction when you got this news? Man, so uh, that was the plan, man. That was the original plan. Everybody wanted that fight, like GFC, all the company. Uh, I wanted that fight, obviously. Uh, but everybody except uh, except uh, Figueredo, right? Like uh, he wanted, like, more, I don't know what he wanted, to be honest. But he said no. And I was, I, I felt a little bit frustrated because, I mean, I, I'm lying to you if I'm I'm saying I, is, I'm not here for money because I love I love money too. <laughs> I love to buy stupid things. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, imagine the legacy, right? The the four fight against somebody, the the first one in the in the mixed martial arts history. 
that sounds uh, amazing. Uh, obviously, I'm crossing uh, the fingers to watch him again in the future. But I don't know. I, I don't care, man. I, I'm so focused in, in Kaikara France right now. So uh, and would it be fair to say initially you were a little bit disappointed, you were bummed, and then you had to get over it? I mean, not, nothing serious. Just like, like, come on, I want to fight against this guy, right? Um, because this history is like so different than the other ones. Like the first one was a draw. I beat him like terrible in the second one. Uh, fucking Josh's in the in the third one uh, stole my my belt. But uh, I I thought that I thought the the fourth fight against him uh, would be a very interesting match, right? But it is what it is. I don't I don't care. I'm just really focusing in, in my next fight against Carafrance. Uh, just one more thing about him. Do you, do you feel like it's more about the injury or more about the money that he's not fighting you next? Uh, you have a really good question. I don't know, man. I don't know what he's thinking right now. I don't know if it's like, like really for the money or he's like a kind of a scare. <laughs> I, I don't want to say he's a scare. It's like too much, I, too much trash talk. I'm, I'm sick of the trash talk with this guy. I'm done with, with that. Um, but I don't know, man. He just he doesn't want to fight, and that's it. Um, hopefully, I mean, again, I know I have an important matchup against Car France, but hopefully, um, I can see uh, I can see him again at, uh, before to the end of the of the year. He's saying like a lot of different crazy stuff, like oh, I want more money, and if UFC don't give me more money, I want to go to the bantamweight. Like anybody cares, man. <laughs> Anybody cares that? I mean, it's not like he's moving to the 135 and UFC. Oh, ah, okay, he moved to the 135. Okay, I'm gonna give you more money now. So I it don't doesn't know. make a lot of sense. That's right. He also referred to the belt as plastic, a plastic belt, and that he's the champion. He seems very upset about this fight being made. What do you make of these comments? Did you hear his comments? Man, you know what? Maybe it's, it's a plastic belt, but it's, it's still it's, it's, it's still beautiful. <laughs> it's still very beautiful. So I want to fire for uh, like Lego belt, plastic belt, whoever. I don't care. Yeah, any kind of belt is good for a Lego belt. Would be sweet. Imagine that, man. We need to work on that. I need to talk with with, uh -huh. with my bosses. Uh, so for you, as someone who has held the belt before, you know Kai hasn't held the UFC title before. Never fought for UFC title. You have. What do you think it will feel like when, you know, the fight comes, let's say you win, interim belt. Will you feel like champion or do you think you'll only feel like champion if you get the opportunity to beat Davis and Figueredo? It's, uh, I think it's a, it's a weird uh, situation for me because I'm trying to be focused on, like, like be very positive and say, like, hey, last fight, that I, I won last fight. I don't, I don't care. But at the same time, I'm trying to be very humble and say, like, hey, I'm, I'm fighting for the title again. I, I want to hear a, a new again. And, you know, obviously, in, inside of me, I feel like the champion. I always feel like a champion. But, I mean, I, I focus on, on, car, on car France. I respect the, this new challenge. And... I just want to hear a new again, uh, feel the bell around my waist or my shoulder, uh, whatever. Uh, and, and that said, obviously for Carla Francis, it's a, it's a new experience, you know. Uh, I promise everything changed when you fight for a title. Just, I mean, just the fact to, to fight for a title, everything changed. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like for this fight, I have the experience. But at the end of the day, when you are inside of the octagon, not, not, I mean, 
everything changed, right? Like, I mean, a lot of people ask me, for example, like, hey, uh, you have more experience and you fall in, uh, in a five rounds and match up before and he never did that. Like, yeah, maybe, but I mean, I, I, I saw a lot of fighters before, like uh, going to the first fight in five rounds, like, like with a, a lot of cardio and looking amazing. Like I remember the fight, uh, between Chito Vera and Rod Font. I mean, the guy was the first uh, main event and he looks impressive, right? So I'm just trying to do my own job. And if the guy gets tired in the, in the four or five rounds, it's, it's awesome for me. Mm. Do you miss being champion? Uh, of course. Uh, I, you know what? You know what? When, it's, it's funny because uh, when I'm in the broadcast in Spanish, for example, and they and uh, and my partner introduced me like oh we, we are here with the former GFC champion yeah. when he say former it's like he's like I wanna kill you man <laughs> but no man um, obviously I, I I miss the you know the, the feeling to just be the best and like with any 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 single uh, comment about it like. You are the best and you are the champion. Uh, a lot of people say like, hey, man, you won the fight and you're still the champion. Uh, no problem with that. Be, just be relaxed with that. And it's, and it's fine. Just, I, I, just meet, I just miss that little feeling like, like I'm the champion at that set. But man, I'm, I'm still very positive and I, I feel in my, in my prime right now. Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, when I used to work on the desk, I remember one time Tyron Woodley after he lost the belt, he got mad at, I won't say who, but he's like, stop calling me former. I'm, I'm champ, or don't say anything, but I don't want to hear former champion anymore. So I can, and he was being serious. So what you just said reminded me of, uh, <laughs> of Woodley. Man, I, no, man I, I understand the feeling. I yeah. understand the feeling, but at the same time, I accept my mistake. Like, man, you deserve that because you fucking lost. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I like sh uh, shut up and keep going with my in my job. Do you watch that fight from January a lot? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to to fix all my mistakes. I saw that fight like fucking ten times, uh. <laughs> and I, I, and I can see what happened with me. And and I think you know you know what my my biggest mistake mistake in that fight was like. I hear all the uh, all those uh, voices around me like, "Hey, be careful with Figueroa because he he looks better and he changed all the all the the the, the style and he went to uh, to fight red in Arizona, so he he has new tricks. So be careful." Uh, and, you know, I start to hear all those voices like, and I was I was very very careful in that fight. If I put all my my performance like in the second fight with a lot of pressure with no respect, you know. I, I I know I I I could be a, a, dif a different uh, history, but but man, again, it is what it is. Uh, right now, I, I'm so focused to to fix all my mistakes, and man, and I, right now I feel like I'm evolving my game right now. So right now, are, are you in Kansas City right now? Yeah, it's it's yeah. I'm here in Kansas City. It's it's hot and it's humid, but everything is so green, and I love it. So why did you decide to go there? You're now working with uh, James Krause and those guys over there who are doing, we had your teammate Jeff Molina on earlier. It's one of the best gyms. He's turned into one of the best coaches, but why did you decide to make this move? So it's, it's funny because, you know, I, after the, the, the last fight against Fiorella, I, I tried to, to do, man, to do something different. I mean, before, uh, one of the key of my, big, of my success was like, I, I went to a lot of different gyms. 
Actually, I, I don't I know you don't remember, but I meet you like 2014 in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in Jackson. You had an uh, interview there. So, but man, the point is, I, I went to Albuquerque, New Mexico, in Jacksons. I went to Denver, Colorado, to Arizona, to California, a lot of different places to to learn. Always trying to get new knowledge, right? Um, in in some point in my in my life, I stopped to do it because I feel very comfortable. Like I like I was working so hard, everything was like perfect, winning fights and getting the title but man i i i fell after this uh, last fight like i stopped to evolve and i i don't like that feeling man so i decided to move i, I decided to move to kansas i meet uh, james uh, in 2019 i had a little conversation with him uh, and i man i love his mentality I and mean, he's an nerd he's an obsessive guy and you know, again, like a part of the broadcast, I can see him in the corner, like being very like passionate, like, hey, let's go, man, and put in the game plan and everything. I love the relation with with uh, uh, their fighters. So that's why I decided to move to Kansas because uh, James, I think he's the guy who's pushing me so hard right now. Wow. And so do you have any of like the coaches that you had for the last fight in January? Will any of them be a part of this camp in July, this fight in July? No, not not right now. I mean, for example, right right now I'm working with with my with my Muay Thai coach. Uh, he's a Pedro Pedro Joya. Um, he he helped me for the fight against against Figueredo in the last year when I won the title. But he had some personal problems and he don't have the opportunity to to help me the last one. But now he's helping me again. Um, my boxing coach in Tijuana is Drift Cortez. He has some problems with his visa, so he can't wow. he can't just come to the United States. So I, I needed to find another another boxing coach, and I'm working with uh, Jorge Capetillo. Uh, he's amazing. He I meet him in Las Vegas, and he has an amazing technique too. He's helping me, and and he's like 100 with me. Like he he believes in this project. And he believe he believes in me. And right now he's part of my team. Uh, Hector Vasquez, he's my jiu-jitsu coach now. He's in, in Las Vegas too. And James, James Krauss is the head coach. I'm working a little bit with the other with the other coaches uh, here in Kansas City in Glory. You know? So right now that, that is part of my team. Uh, Capetillo, Hector, he's uh, traveling like every single uh, like a uh, few times uh, per month. He's there coming here to, uh, to Kansas to uh, to keep working with me. Okay, and uh, I know you have a young family. Are they with you as well in Kansas City? So I came like three weeks, uh, four weeks ago. I came here along with my just with my training partners uh, to Kansas. I was training. Then last week I went to Las Vegas, and you know to uh, get some recovery. I tried to to put uh, to separate my 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 seasons of training. Like I had three like three weeks very very hard in Kansas. Then I went to, to Vegas to get some recovery in the in the Performance Institute, and then I came here again. So right now I, I, I'm here with with my family. I, they they will be here like one or two weeks, and then they'll go back to to Vegas, and I'll be alone again with my training partners. Okay, so you think this will be your home for a bit? Are you happy with the move? Man, I'm so happy with the movement. I'm very. I feel very very positive, and 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 you know what? What I love the most. I mean. Everybody's like, like believing this, like they really believe I can get that title, title back. And they believe in my, in my, in my last performances. Uh, they are helping me to, to fix all my mistakes. And man, I, I love that. I love that feeling like to have people around me who like feel the same passion than me. Uh, so you, you have a win over Kai Car France uh, about three years ago. 
Um, what do you make of his progression over the last three years? Uh, do you think he has evolved a lot? Are you impressed with his progression and evolution as a fighter? I mean, yes, of course. And, you know, I mean, I have a lot of respect for, for Corey Garbrandt or Oscar Oscarov, but they they made them a huge mistake. That don't don't put in respect on Kaikara France. He's dangerous, man. He's very dangerous. And I need, I need, I need to be careful with him. Obviously, in the in the positive way, you understand? Like, mm. I mean, I need to respect him, and that's it. Um, I beat him in 2019, and since since that fight, he looks better, man. Definitely, he looks better. And you know what? He looks with better confidence. Like he, when he got to the fight, he looks like a like better expression, like, like ready to go with the other opponent. So yeah, I mean, I think the the, the biggest uh, weapons he improved in the in the past it was his confidence. So I need to be careful in that, but. Saying that, like, man, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to to fight against uh, against Kai Kara France again and beat him again. Uh, a lot of people didn't think he would beat Askarov because he's so tough. He was a big underdog. Were you surprised that he beat Askarov back in March? Man, Ali, yes, of course, of course, because he was, uh, he was able to defend the takedown, keep the distance, and start to put pressure on, on Oscar Askarov. That's an amazing game plan. Like, I love that. And I, I know Oscar Askarov, is, he gets like, a little bit frustrated with his he stop to get the, the the rhythm of the fight and the, the timing of the takedown. So he started to frustrate uh, Oscar Askarov and start to put the hands on him. So, man, that was an, an, an amazing, amazing matchup. So I'm, I'm, I've been watching uh, with James a lot of uh, fights of, uh, of Kai. Uh, and I can see what kind of holes I can take advantage of on, on our next fight. Mm. By the way, um, your work as an analyst uh, for the Spanish broadcast, do you think that has made you into a better fighter because you're almost forced to analyze so many different fights, fighters, styles? Do you think that there's a correlation between your work on television and your work in the gym? Man, 100%. I mean, I mean, j- just in general, I, it's, I'm a huge MMA fan. I love to watch fights. I love to go every, every weekend. If, not, if I'm not in the broadcast, I love to watch the fight in my house with my family or my, my training partners, whatever. Um, but yes, be there in the broadcast, start to watch different styles of different fighters. It helped me to, to my fight IQ. Like, I'm, a lot of fighters don't understand the, the importance to be smart in the middle of the fight. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm, not saying the, I'm not saying I'm the, the smartest guy in the, in the octagon. Sometimes if, I, if it's time to smash, it's time to smash and that's it. <laughs> but if, if in some point uh, I can do a, a smart trick there, like, why not? Um, did you think that when, when it was clear that Figueredo was out, did you think that they would go with Pantoja and not Kaikara France? He seems, Pantoja seems upset that they went with Kaikara France and not him. What did you think? Man, it, it's funny. They, they trying to, to say it's my fault, but man. They need to understand. I'm I'm not taking the decisions here, man. <laughs> I mean, I promise, man. I, I want to be the boss one day, but I'm not the boss right now. Man. And I I understand uh, Pantoja was upset with this or other fighters, but man, put your manager to work, and that's it, man. I mean, that's why I love my, my uh, Jason. I love my 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 team because they are doing the job for me, and and I'm just just focused for to do my my job. Who is what is the uh, uh, the training? Uh, would you, which would you have preferred, Kaikar France or Pantoja? I mean, both guys, man. I mean, actually, uh, 
I remember last year I was in the broadcast. They they film everything like uh, Pandoja beat uh, Roy, but I remember yes. And he challenged me like, "Hey, I want to fight with you." Like, man, let's go. But then he got the in- the injury, mm. so he was out of the fight, and that's why uh, Fidel came for the for the trilogy. Like, man. The people they need to understand. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if, maybe because you know, maybe the people say like, "Oh, he's scared of Pantoja or whatever," because he lost before. Like, man, I don't care, man. I don't give a fuck. I mean, that guy who fought uh, against him in 2018 is so different. And man, you need to watch my 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 last fights to to make sure of that, right? So, man, Kaikara France, obviously, uh, some interesting for me because I beat him before. But, man, it's a new challenge and he's very tough. So, uh, man, I'm ready for both guys. If they want to put Kaikara France and then put uh, uh, Pandoja in the same night, like, like just give me a, a little time, let me some rest. I can drink water and then I can fight with the other guy next time. I like that they're putting you back in a market with, uh, you know, a lot of Hispanic fans, right? First, you fought in California, uh, Arizona. Uh, now Texas, you think you'll have a lot? You think you'll be the fan favorite in this fight? Man, Dallas is crazy. I mean, I you know last year or this uh, when this year started, I went to Houston and I had an meeting with there. Man, man, was crazy. Really nice. A lot, a lot of people. They the line, man. The line was around the corner, around the the man. Was crazy. So I'm expecting a huge fan base in Dallas. Uh, obviously, when you are you are going to the fight, like you are so focused, but man, you can hear all the the crowd screaming your name, and and I, I'm excited again. I'm I'm so grateful with the company with the UFC because they are putting me in places where I can I can put my work with my with my fans. Uh, just a couple more things, and I'll let you go. What happened to your guy Canelo? What happened, man? What happened? Tell me what happened. You're the analyst. <laughs> he went up too much, too much weight. <laughs> Man, of course, but he's getting the challenger, right? Yeah. The, I mean, he, the guy uh, for me, he's the best. He's still the best. Just he's he's just trying to get new challenge, and so in some point he, I mean, Bibol, he looks huge. I mean, I yeah, was yeah. watching the highlights and all the. The repetition and man, Bibol, he looks in a definitely in another weight class. So man, he tried it. He don't get the, the he don't got the W, but he tried at least. So man, uh, you you can't say the same for other fighters or other boxers. So no. man, I ha- I still have all the respect for Canelo. Man. I agree. Yeah, no, very few boxers are doing what he's doing. He's looking for the biggest challenges regardless of weight class. Uh, a- any new great? Legos that we got recently? Anything to share? Any Funkos? Anything? Man, uh, you know what? I'm here in Kansas and I I, I can't show you all my collection, but I have an uh, I have the the Daily Bugle for Spider Man. Oh, huge. cool! Wow! Like I'll it's like five thousand pieces or four thousand pieces. I don't remember, but man, that one is awesome. I have the Batman Tumblr, the the from the yeah. Dark Knights. Yeah, it's crazy too. And right now I'm I'm. Actually, I'm building a little ones, a little uh, le- Lego cars because I don't have too much time. I okay. need to go train, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I want to finish my sets. So I'm, I'm collecting a few ones. By the way, I don't. Do you follow Jan Bachovic on uh, Instagram? Someone made Jan out of Lego. Did you see that? I want my my own monument, Lego monument, man. Yeah, I'm jealous of Jan Bachovic. Yeah, that was incredible. You saw this picture? 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Actually, I, I I post something with him like, hey, man, awesome. That's, that's <laughs> great. That's crazy, man. Amazing. Uh, one last thing. Let's say it all goes well for you July 30th. Will you be disappointed if Figueredo leaves the division, that you don't get another crack? Will this bum you out? <clears throat> yes, man. I'll be disappointed because, again, imagine, just imagine the legacy, man, the history. Yeah. The, wow. I mean, man, if if Figueredo is watching this or maybe can watch uh, this in the future, man, just stop to, to, to say stupid things. Just wait for me. And see you in the future, man. I mean, more than money, more than whatever. Legacy, brother. Legacy. We can make it to, together. He's my he's my partner. He don't understand. He's my partner. <laughs> Business partner, <laughs> fighting partner. So that's the message to him. No more stupid things. Be patient, and you'll see him in the fall. Yes, sir. Brandon, well done. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, happy to see that you're being treated well over there in Kansas City. Uh, congrats on getting the fight and and good luck in training camp. Really appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. I'll and, be I'll be here training in Kansas. And, and by the uh, way, I remember meeting you. Okay, don't doubt me. I have a good memory. Wow. I think it was man. 2015. Is that possible? Is it possible? No, two, 2014. Okay, fine. 2014. You're right. And I think you you told me something like oh. I, because you was like talking with us, with all the Latin crew, and you say something to me like, "Yeah, so just keep working because maybe in the future we can we can work together." Like, okay. And now, now I'm here getting now, getting links for Zoom in WhatsApp, so it's perfect. Uh, hey, not only that, now I have to ask like ten times for you to come on. You're a hard guy to get, so I, <laughs> I'm very appreciative. Thank you, uh, Brandon Froy's coming <laughs> awesome, on. Bro. You're the man. Take See care. You, man. All right, there he is, Brandon Moreno, uh, the <laughs> one time uh, we'll say. UFC flyweight champ, not former. One time and perhaps soon to be interim champion and perhaps uh, soon to be undisputed champ. I remember I was working with Woodley and uh, the host, I wasn't the host, said former welterweight champion Tyron Woodley on the desk and he was not happy about that. Like he, he, you know, he wasn't a, a dick about it, but he was like, yo, no more former, all right? No more former. What's going on here with Ally Quinta? Oh, more open scoring. I Quinta still wants to catch these L's, huh? She. What? Now Ben Rothwell. What is going on? All kinds of debate happening in my Twitter mentions here about open score. We're, we're done with the open scoring thing, all right? I've said my piece. We're done with it. I'm moving on for now. Until the next time I have to talk about it, all right? Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it. Great conversations with a lot of young, inspiring fighters. Uh, really enjoyed Jeff Molina. And, uh, I mean, how could you not feel good about life when you talk to Brandon? I, could you imagine Brandon Moreno being mad about anything? The guy's just constantly smiling. It's unbelievable. He's just constantly in a great mood. Constantly, you know, positive. Just, I, I, like, I can't even imagine him frowning, scowling. Pretty incredible. Uh, I'm looking forward to that fight. What's the lineup here? Let me see something. UFC 277. Obviously, the main event is uh, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes 2. Kaikar France versus Brandon Moreno 2. Derek Lewis versus Sergei Pavlovich. 
And that's the pay-per-view fight. Back to Texas for Derek. Anthony Smith versus Magomed Ankalaev is going to be a really fun fight, I think. That's an important fight at light heavyweight. And then Drew Dober versus uh, Rafael Alves. That's the main card. UFC 275 is this weekend, though. It's in Singapore at the Singapore Indoor Stadium. And that should be a fun one. Obviously, the main event is Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Prochaska, Valentina Shevchenko versus Tyler Santos, Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Njacek. Three round fight. Great fight. March 2020. Zhang Wan defended her title successfully. Rogerio Bontorin against Manel Cape, and Jack Della Madalena against Ramazan Amiv. Uh, Jacob Malkoon against Brandon Allen. Anything, Andre Fialio back against Jake Matthews. And there's also the road to UFC Singapore at the same venue uh, this weekend as well. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fighters, five fights total. Um, actually, there's multiple episodes. I'm still kind of confused about this road to UFC thing, and I'm not even going to dare... It's a whole tournament, flyweight tournament bracket, bantamweight tournament bracket, featherweight tournament bracket, lightweight tournament bracket, a bunch of fighters from Asia. In fact, all of them are from Asia. Uh, I see South Korea. I see China. I see Japan. um, India, Indonesia, China. But I'm not going to dare actually pronounce any of these names because I don't want to butcher them. Thailand, the Philippines, all over. Um, All right, we're going to talk 275. Uh, We're going to recap the weekend as far as the picks are concerned. Talk about, you know, H-Dow getting back on track. Talk about all that and more. Give GC his flowers or not with New York Rick in a second. But first... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's just like old times. Me and your Rick flying solo. Thanks for helping us out. Thanks for showing up. Appreciate it. You know, why why is there so much tension? I feel like there's a lot of tension these days. No, you're very know, mad just, at me all the time. You 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 prod and you prod and you prod and you prod and then you're like, what did I do? I mean, you've known me for ten years. It's sort of. No, my I'm thing. not surprised by it. Okay. Is there a prodding? I mean, I feel like there's not a lot of prodding. No, a lot of props. Incessant. Really? Props by me? For me? When? Oh yeah, like I don't give you props. I pretty much have, <laughs> I mean, I've pretty much gone to bat for you every stage of my life. What yeah, are you talking I mean, about? Props or accounts? Okay, what would you prefer? Props on Twitter or props behind the scenes? No, I don't want props on Twitter. Okay, I'm, so there you go. What are you getting all sensitive about? No, no. You and Davis and Figueredo need to go have a little uh, pity party for yourselves. I mean. Come on, Davison's, let it out. Davison's kind of right. What do you mean he's kind of right? How is he right? What is he so upset about? He's not being stripped. No, so what's the point of the belt then? I don't know, to make the unification bout even bigger. Meh. He's injured. 
this is not Cyril Gunn versus uh, Derek Lewis from last year. You remember that? Everyone was upset about that. Yeah. Francis won the belt in March as opposed to Davidson winning the belt in January. Everything all right? Can you hear me or no? What happened? I don't know. You just stopped listening to me. Now I can't hear him. Stand by. Anyway. We're good now. All right. This is not Francis Ngannou last year. Francis won the belt in March. Figueredo won the belt in January. So later. They announced that one in, in June. Yes. Yeah, so around the same time. But it, the, the turnaround was for like two months later. The guy needed some time off, all this stuff. And there was the contract issues that were at play. In this case, the guy won the fight in January. He's hurt. They're going to do a title fight. And it only makes his next fight bigger if he sticks around because then it's a unification bout against the interim champion. It's the fourth fight against, uh, you know, Moreno, or it's a fresh matchup against Kai. Like, I don't really see... And then on top of it to say, if you don't pay me more, I'm moving up. Why? Does moving up mean getting more pay? Like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, what are you talking about? Look, he's just trying to flex. But you're making an argument that interim titles are I'm in favor of interim titles. I, I, I'm not. You get more money. You think it waters things down? Yeah. It's useless. Also, ill-advised move on his part, or at least saying it, you drop the belt and go up to 35, way less perks as a non-champion at 35 than as a yeah. champion at 25. Way less. You don't get that main event money. You don't get that champion's money. You don't get all these things. What exactly are you threatening? I think, and I'm trying to yeah. read the tea leaves I here. I speak for him, but it's tough. I think he's one of the bigger fights at flyweight, right? Right. He's essentially saying, I will disappear that, right? Like, he, the rest of you can fight it out. I'm the biggest name. I'm going to escape the division, and you guys sort it out. You're not going to have as big fights at flyweight for the UFC. I think that's the thinking. You agree with this? Do I? I, I think it's... He doesn't have ineffective. the clout. He doesn't have the clout to pull this move. I agree with that, but I also think he's right that the interim title is a plastic belt. He's not wrong on that. I mean, obviously, but I don't he, think that the posturing is very significant. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting if Moreno wins and it's now champion versus champion. I think it makes the fight even bigger. And if Kai wins, especially if he knocks him out I, as he's predicting, I think it makes the fight bigger. I mean, I think there was a little bit of Moreno Figueroa fatigue four straight times. No, I don't think that. That changes that. You either like that fight or don't. You don't, I don't like think it? that adds anything. Would you rather them just keep those it, guys on the sidelines? Wait, why can't, can't they just fight? Oh, just make it into like a number one contender fight. Yeah, it's a number no. one contender fight. This, okay, that's what this is. This it is. is a number one contender. But fight. guess what? It's even better for the fighters because now they get champion money. So well, okay, who cares but, then? Well, I mean, <laughs> you're saying then you're saying the belt is insignificant. You're you're. Which, Echoing which what belt? he's saying, that it's a plastic belt. Mm. I Listen, anything that gets the fighters more money, I'm in favor of. And, I'm not disagreeing there. And it also, I think, elevates the stakes for his inevitable return if he does stick around on 125. It doesn't feel like the UFC is trying to screw him over by making this. No. I think that's the part that he's trying to, you know, the picture that he's trying to paint. I just think that they probably needed a second title fight for that card because they don't feel like Amanda versus Juliana is big enough on its own. Right, they're 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 probably saying that. So a second title fight elevates it, and you don't love it for those reasons. But the byproduct of it all, which is 
Kai Kai France gets paid as a champion. Brandon Moreno gets paid as a champion if they win. F it. Who cares? I mean, I used to be one of those people who would get all up in arms about the interim title, but then you start to understand what goes on behind the scenes when you're an interim champ, and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I agree with you. They're not trying to screw him over, which is seems to be how he's taking it. Yeah. But I also agree with him that this is insignificant. Yeah. I mean, it's a number one contender belt. Yeah. Eh, big deal. <laughs> Come back. Let's do number two con- contender no, belts. No, I, I don't like that. It, number two contender belt feels like those five-round non-main or co-main fights that they're doing here and there. Like, what was yeah. the one? Uh, freaking RDA versus... Uh, the one that we just saw, RDA versus who was it? Um, when when Islam uh, didn't want to take the fight, Moicano. Yes, Moicano and Faziev got COVID. Like, why was that a five round fight? There's no reason for that to be a five round fight. By the way, well, Faziev versus RDA was a five round fight too, and that of, made no yeah, sense. Yeah, it was five. And yeah, but that shouldn't have been a, a five round fight either. Like, there was I, no need I mean, for it. I'm with you. That feels like you. a number two contender belt. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's put this past week into bed. Uh, usually this is when GC comes on. We have a lot to say about this weekend. So I'm going to recap his winnings. We'll see how he did. Unfortunately, it wasn't the best weekend for old GC, who's probably on his fourth glass of wine at this point. Uh, he went three and four in terms of singles and uh, oh and two in terms of parlay. Probably good that he's not here today uh, to talk about all this. A rare off week, if you will, for GC. Three or four, not horrible, but a rare off week for the guy. Um, no, he even uh, he even tweeted that he was watching the show. How nice. He was watching the show uh, while having what appears to be... What, what, what is that? What do you guys see over there? Um, I don't know. It, it looks like some sort of meat dish. Very nice. And then he responds to the tweet with, I'm a fraud. I only had it on for four seconds it took to take this picture. I mean, come on. Where's the support? Um, let me pull up his picks here. So the picks were uh, Michalidis and Fakh Redinov. Fight not going the distance. Johnny Munoz, money line. Damon Jackson, money line. Alex De Silva, money line. Alonzo Menefield, inside the distance. That one hit. Mofsar, money line. That one hit. Rosenstrike, Volkov completes round two. That one did not hit. Um, so there you have it. And then the uh, the parlays, Menefield, Mosarov, fight doesn't go the distance and then Volkov Rosenstrike completes round one that didn't hit as well uh that was the second leg so unfortunately not a great weekend for him he will be back even though he won't be here with his picks he will be back um on Wednesday I think he's gonna submit a video of some kind or at least the picks I mean we you know we don't ask for much around here and I told him even if he wants to take the next two weeks off god bless he can very well do that uh, no problems at all. He did, however, hit on his uh, French Open pick, so we should give him props for this. He was there, and uh, I believe it was a future on uh, one Rafael Nadal to win the French Open. Am I getting this right? Yeah, two of them. Two of them, yes. What did he get? He got the French Open future, and then he, what did he get? What was the second one? The same. What's the he difference? He did it twice. He bet it twice. He did? Yeah. Because the odds changed? No, the odds stayed the same. He bet one seventy five the first time, and then wow, I didn't, I never knew any, anyone did that. Just because he was so confident, yeah, he upped his stakes on it. Wow, all right, well, yeah, well done there. betting at four a.m. Nice one, Connor. Uh, it was that it. Does it say yeah. four a.m.? Yeah, it does. Oh my God, Jesus! <laughs> I mean, that is true degenerate activity. 
Uh, oh yeah, I see it right oh, here. Oh no, you know what that is? Wait, no, no, no. That's the time of the match. So that must be uh, no. Yeah, that must be. I watched it yesterday. It was like at eleven. Maybe that's the way. Yeah, it says where it. maybe local, whatever, whatever that is. That's the time of the of the contest. He put a future down. I like the story better than he did it before, and then put another. Well. I mean that that's that's Joe's mo, but he uh, <laughs> what? He put, wow! He put uh, some real. He put one seventy five on it. I, I'm not sure which order these came in, but he put one seventy five on it, and then he put a hundred on it, both at plus one fifty and hit. Congratulations! Look at that, five point five units uh, to win eight point two five. Yeah, and I I I think I see it. Here. Yeah, four thirty seven fifty he won, and then two fifty he won for the second exactly. one. Exactly, yeah. nailed it. What's more impressive, to say the units or to say, I guess, the units, right? Um, I don't Do we have time for this? I don't know. Why? Uh, Is that a complex units, question? Units. Uh, oh, Brian Tucker weighing in. It started at 9 a.m., so 4 a.m. there. Right. Um, units are... He The reason Connor uses units in, in these bets and a lot of um, cappers talk about their bets in units is because not everybody's bankroll is the same, right? Right. Uh, Bill Got Gates it. doesn't have the same bankroll as me. But if we scale them up or down, we can say you, you can still get a sense of how confident somebody is. It right. If it's half a unit, not as confident. If it's three units, super confident. Um, so if the, if my unit is ten thousand dollars, but somebody else's unit is ten dollars, you can still get kind of a representative uh, sense and sample of how confident you are and, yeah. and bet that. So in this case, uh, Connor's. What is that? Two hundred seventy-five. Uh, so I don't feel like doing the math. Um, but yes, essentially, in this case, two hundred seventy-five equals five point five units for Connor, and then you can divide that. Well, a very rare off week for him. But uh, Frank, we do have some breaking news. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're back on track, baby. We're back on track, Frankie. Woo! Everyone what are we was talking saying- about. Hawani uh, Dog of the Week, back on you track. Lost. That, was... that is, yes, we went one for one, so it wasn't an undefeated weekend. Wait, wait, time First of all, that's not what one for one means. Second we of went all, one and one. <laughs> second of all, you lost the one underdog of the week. No, Jarzinho was robbed. Lost. Early stoppage. Robbed. Wait a minute. Was he not robbed? Robbed? Early stoppage. Was he not robbed of a victory? Yikes. You thought it was a good stoppage? Yeah. The guy was up and at him. Sure, he lost his. You know, his mouthpiece, sure, he wasn't really defending himself. Floor. He was running away, but he was in there. I mean, he just wanted to feel the heat a little bit. He just wanted to get that well, he leather did on say the- He did say after the fight in his statement on Twitter, I didn't see anybody like on the floor unconscious. So yeah. that's what he wanted, I guess. But um, I was fine with the stoppage. I will say Herb Dean continues to be a little bit like wishy-washy, wishy-washy on, yeah. this, on it. Like, sure I, wish of himself. He, I think if he was in there quicker... Um, and and more forcefully, I don't think we'd be, ha- be having much of a de- debate. To be completely honest with you, um, it was a fine stoppage. That that was not getting better. Uh, Volkov I was, I was, was teeing off on him, and we, so you lost that. We were riding with Biggie Boy. I feel yeah. like that should be like I don't know. I feel like it should be nullified. Um, <laughs> I think it should be a watch. But then I mean, this is so pathetic. Most people would say, "All right, I need to take a break from all this." It's get like we started off seven and zero, we were killing it, and then yeah. it's just been you know one loss after the next. But mm-hmm. then we went back, and he said, "You know what, Devin Haney, enemy territory. No one's picking him. Going in the distance. I look at the odds plus one ten. Uh, you know, forty thousand all the against odds were them. plus one ten on what? On him going the distance. That's an underdog pick. 
You're saying this is not valid. You're saying this doesn't count? Of course it doesn't count. How does it not count? It's an, is that not an underdog pick? It is not. Co- he was the favorite in the fight. How is it an underdog pick? The pick, the prop. If you are a fi- yeah, you got it at plus money. Yeah, we we That's can call, underdog. If you want to look, if you want to do a rebranding experiment, we can call it Helwani's plus money pick of the week. That's but always that was not an been. underdog. That's always what it's been. That is not an underdog. If if John Jones is a minus five hundred favorite, yeah. over Tiago Santos, and you pick John Jones by TKO at yeah. plus one twenty. That's... He doesn't all of a sudden become an underdog. Wow. It doesn't Helwani's underdog of the week actually have to be an underdog. Devin Haney was a favorite in that fight. Can't be an underdog. Doesn't make sense. But the pick was an underdog pick. Underdog to who? Like you have to be an underdog to, to the somebody, world. right? There's a favorite I and looked there's up, an underdog. It said plus 110. Helwani's plus, plus money pick of the week. Wow. Hit. <laughs> I, feel, I feel blindsided by this because last week when I mentioned it, no one said this. You're saying this is not who, counting. Who's no one said that? The internet. I said it, I'm pretty sure Connor didn't say that it was uh, invalid. Yeah. No, no, Whoa. he's he had my back. Did he Connor, not? Connor must be getting soft. I mean, wow. Fleeing to France and, and just can you call him up right now? There. Can someone call him up and can we get an official rule? This is crazy. Get an official ruling because so you're will, saying this doesn't count. What would it count for? How, listen, you're one and zero on Helwani's plus money pick of the week. It's tremendous. I'm proud of you. Is, Thank, congratulations for getting back on track. I get no Helwani's love for that pick. Underdog of the week is guy a loser. goes to Australia, enemy territory. No. Historically, they okay, screw over is, the uh, the American over there. Or this the is foreigner. two separate conversations. Will I give you credit for picking Haney uh, by decision? I will. Thank um, you. It, it's a it's a decent bet. I think at at plus money that that's that's a really uh, good one. Uh, it's just not an underdog pick of the week. I'm sorry. That, wow. That's unfortunate for you, but... I tweeted it at 9.44 p.m. Official HDAO colon Haney via decision <laughs> plus 110. You can't just... I mean, sure. You can just pretend that it is. Uh, okay, by not. the way, the comments, Haney by KO, Haney by decision is literally the most favorite account. Even if it's plus money, this ain't no dog. Who's this? Yes, that's right. Okay, Whoever wait. that is, read that person's name. MMA Oz NZ. Okay, wait, wait, wait a second. Yep. Uh... Then someone writes, Tiki Taka Legend writes, he's fighting in Australia. All right. What does that, that have to do with it? Oh, they're oh, saying that the, the judge is yeah. getting screwed. That's why it was such a big deal. Huge uh, deal. Congratulations. Haney by TKO. Plus, okay, so if I would have bet Haney via TKO plus 800, would that have been something? It would have been a great bet. And if it happened, it would have been a great bet. I would have been very proud of you. Wow. And I'm still very proud of you. But your underdog pick lost. At now you're wrong, boss. Cambosis, and then and then I went back and liked some of those tweets. After <laughs> that's the best. And then the guy wrote, "Fair play, it's, you are right, boss." As always, <laughs> I like that this guy just keeps calling you boss. It's uh, it's a good. It was a. That is a good line. Good call. And he stops him at ten. See this? I don't get the disrespect. Like, George gets is absurd. Okay, Cambosis by robbery. Great, what, you just jinxed it. What? When has Haney been like a finisher? These. These guys like saying like Haney's gonna TKO him. I'm not. I'm not sure where that came from. This this was the play, and and I, I like that you uh, tried to sneak it in as an underdog. But wow, good good for. Hon- I, honestly, I'm a little speechless right now. I feel blindsided by this. Now we have Jed chiming in. What do you say? New York Rick is correct. Not a yeah. traditional underdog. Can I get some backing here, Frank? This is typically where you know Connor has my back, and I feel like you're leaving <laughs> me on an island here. I think uh, logically, He's gone. Eric is right. Why? It's an underdog pick. I can't believe this. Here, you know, by the way, here I thought that I was back, and maybe this is all I need to really get back on track. 
and I feel like it's being taken away from me. I feel like someone who just won a big fight and USADA is coming in and stripping me of this this glory. I wish I could take back the breaking news. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. I, I, I feel I feel like you, how about I this? just been hit with a gut punch. You, you, you want you want to bring this thing full circle? Please. Well, I'm. You just I'm you hesitant. just won Helwani's interim underdog wow. pick of the week. You're back on track with the interim underdog pick of the week. Why this interim? This ain't the real one. Because this ain't the real thing. Unfortunately, this is this ain't it. This ain't the real one. You look. You like the you like the plastic the plastic wow. title. It's all yours. It's all yours. All right, we'll get back on track with Glover this week. Dog of the week. Ooh. What's that? That's a plus one sixty five right there. Oh. Glover, it's gonna okay, wrestle him to death. Might even get back on track with plus one forty, Joanna. I gotta tell you, both of those don't sound too bad to me. Let's see what I, else. I, I was pretty sure. I was. I was pretty confident on Yuri a few months ago, but in the time know. since, I've just. I've come around on it, and I don't hate that pick. I don't hate that pick. I think it's going to be hell for the first three minutes if he if if Glover can't get Yuri down. But what we've seen from Glover is that he's able to really take those shots. Now there will be a point. This man is how is he? Forty two, forty three. How old is Glover? Glover is uh, forty two, I believe. So right now he's forty two years old. There will be a point where he's not able to take yeah. these shots. Re- you know, in his last couple of fights, he's able to take like Tiago Santos's punches like it's like it's nothing um there will be a point where that doesn't happen anymore but i could see a world where yuri cracks him and he's still able to get the takedown i could also see a world where it's finally it's finally time and and the chin is gone and and yuri's able to take him out but if he can survive an early onslaught i think one takedown is all it's going to take um here's the thing yuri is very strong uh, he's Super very athlete. reckless, very reckless as yeah. a striker. I mean, very but reckless. I think that works in his favor a lot of times. Sure, I but th- at some point you're going to reach – like if he would have fought John Jones when John Jones was – John would have ate him up on the feet. Yeah, I mean, well, John Jones is the best fighter of all time, so. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's only going to work for so long and against a certain kind of opponent. We haven't really seen him tested so, on the ground. We saw him against King Mo back in the day, way back in the day. Yeah. And that wasn't pretty. Let's like Yes. But can I also just say one thing that concerns me about Yuri? One fight since July 2020. One yeah. fight. Like the guy hasn't fought a lot. His last fight was May of 21. I I rate that win over Dominic Reyes pretty highly. It was a tremendous win. I, I tremendous finish too. I thought I thought he showed some things in there that would that would make me believe. But the further we removed we get from that fight, the more I start to think if Glover can can survive the onslaught. He really has a, a very very clear path to victory. Do you even think that he could take him out on the feet, Glover? You're, yeah, because you're pointing to the you're pointing to the recklessness. Is it? Are you saying no. it's possible? You think uh, it's I don't take think down? so. I think the recklessness will leave him open to takedowns, and yeah. then he he could potentially do work on the ground. Yeah. Potentially. Now this is not an official pick just yet. I still I'm, I'm honestly I'm still kind of getting over the shock I mean, of. Uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on GC for this one. If GC says it, it counts. It counts. All right. This is Ugh. his segment. I mean, I just think it's only this fair. Is, this is a. This is uh, a can we put up a poll? Do we have a poll? Si- I want yeah, to pull. Uh, put gonna, up a poll. How how do I do a poll on TweetDeck? You know they're getting rid of the TweetDeck. Um, yeah. For for desktop. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that? I don't like it. As a social media manager, I don't like. Why it. are they doing this? Much. Just they don't want to staff it and and keep the technology updated. It happens. They sunset things all the time, but 
You know what was the biggest fail sunset of all time? Getting rid Which of one? Vine. Why? Because I feel like TikTok they just came in and took the idea. No, different. You, to an extent, yes, I think they've captured some of the virality, but no, I mean, completely different platform-wise. Virality? Um, I haven't heard that one before. I think uh, I think <laughs> you just you just love uh, you some Logan Paul and, and Jake Paul guy. and just wanted That's to keep watching guy. their vines. Um, uh, so I'm putting up this poll right now. I mean, usually there's like a, you know, Lebetard has Guillermo. I got I got to do it myself. It's just kind of the state of things. <laughs> Does my Haney plus 110 decision h out pick count? Is that fair? No, no, no. You have, to, you have to be more... h you, you have to explain that. Like, I don't have time for a whole dissertation Devin here. Haney by decision an underdog pick? No, does it count? Nobody's going to know what H-Dow means. What are you trying to say? No one watches this show? Nobody's going to know what H-Dow means. Well, then too bad for you. I'm putting it up. They'll know. Those who need to know, know. No, I mean, look. All right, here it is. Let it be what it is. You can, again, enjoy your interim title. Enjoy the plastic belt. It's all yours. You've earned it. Listen, if you're riding with me, at the end of the day, here's the thing. People who are riding and dying with me, they'll say, you know what? Thank you for that. Thank you for that pick. (laughs) We don't care. It was plus money. You know what? We win. You're right to an extent there. We don't care. H Dow or not, underdog or not. See, some well, now you're again, the reason this, that you guys are is, coming up this with. This is the same with the interim title. You are you are cheapening what it really means. The the underdog pick of the week should be should be prestigious. Should be an underdog pick. We'll we'll let the uh the votes, you know, tabulate and return yeah. to this in a moment. Bigger chance who has a bigger Wait, chance before, of Yes. Before we go off Glover and Yuri. Yeah, I'm asking you about them. You yes. mentioned John Jones. What's up? I mean, he's getting in training with John Jones. Like, if, if I think, I think they probably. Who, uh, Yuri? Cro- yeah, cross paths. Didn't they? I, mean, I think, did they take pictures together? Um, for a second. But look, I mean, there's worse. If, if you're worried about Yuri's defensive wrestling, there's worse places to be than with Henry Cejudo and John Jones, right? If 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 anybody can get him into shape now, it's funny. I uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. Oh yeah, shout out! And they were talking about Ryan Russillo was talking about the how corny it's always been that like the NBA players they'd they'd be like ah he's you know he spent the weekend with learning post moves from Hakeem Olajuwon. Yes, yes, yes. Like how that never translates thing. to anything. That could be a little bit of Yuri. You know, he's he's he spent the weekend with John Jones and Henry. Oh, you know what's the worst one of that? The worst one in the history of MMA. It's when guys would spend a weekend or a day or two at Wildcard with Freddie Roach. Yes. And then we would hear about it for months. <laughs> He's been boxing with Freddie Roach. Like, yeah, golly. Yeah, he literally, right. and I don't even know if Freddie Roach was in the building when he yeah, was there. It was he at Wildcard. Yeah. He was just at Wildcard. It was some random ring in the middle. No, it was, oh, he was, he's been boxing with Freddie Roach. Yeah, 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 Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Yep. Arlovsky that was boxing era. with Freddie that Roach. Was oh, my God. It was so no. Poor Faraz Ahabi. GSP used to get asked more about Freddie Roach than his actual work with Faraz back in the day. <laughs> uh, look, Freddie has the name. He's he's a legend. We're not gonna, you know, no, we're not gonna just... take anything away from Freddie. But yes, you're right. That is the that is one of the MMA's best examples of that. You, you show up for for a, a, a session in the ring at, at a wild yeah. card, and all of a sudden you're about to be you're a wild card guy. You're boxing with Freddie Roach. Uh, the question I was going to ask you is champion. And we could talk more about 275 on Wednesday, but uh, champion that has a bigger chance of being dethroned on Saturday. Glover or uh, Valentina? I mean, come on, gotta be Glover. Stop. <laughs> Does Tyler have any chance? I think Tyler has a chance. I just don't think. I mean, plus four Glover is much more vulnerable here. There's there's nothing that made me believe that Valentina Shevchenko is going to lose this fight, but I I think Tyler is is a very good fighter. Um, one, of, I think this will be one of the better um, opponents she's faced in this division. That's for sure. Which dog you like better? Out of who? 
Glover plus 165, Joanna plus 140. It's a doozy. Probably. God. It's a doozy. Joanna's been off for so long. Yeah. That that caught that that makes me hesitant. If Joanna had been active, I would probably like Joanna better there. But I've been coming, man. I'm telling you, the the further we get from that Reyes fight, the the more I I think Glover, or the more I lean toward Glover. Um, Joanna's in, yeah, but you know what, Joanna's not one to not put in the time in the gym. But I think both of those, I think both of those are live. I'm I'm if uh, if you're looking for some dogs, there's some on this card. That's yeah. for sure. Um, some real underdogs, right? Well, should I should I weigh in? Uh, let's let it give, uh, give it some time tabulate a little bit um let's put uh, saturday to bed sure and this weekend bo nickel tremendous do you Absolutely. agree with me that people like if i'm coker if i'm peter murray of pfl if i'm freaking sean shelby yeah that's his weight class 85 why aren't you signing this guy today there's isn't so few like the, blue chip prospects in this sport isn't this the the like layup coker signing hasn't it this always is, yes. been like the layup coker like yeah unproven wrestler he'll he'll cut his teeth uh, here in Bellator, Aaron Pico, you know, all, all these guys, yes. like this has been the Coker signing. I'm not sure why not, but yeah, I mean, I'm not about to proclaim. Bo Can Nicola I tell you is, why, is, probably why it's not the layout sure. that it is? Yeah. The UFC now wants these guys. Like there's plenty of places for sure. these guys now. Sure. There's fight pass, there's contender series. A few years ago, the the Pico days and whatnot, they're like, all right, we're not going to deal with this. We don't yeah, have we'll as wait. many platforms and shows and things to service. Now there's a million things. Like they want, look up Bo Nichols' name. I was actually kind of blown away by this. The amount of articles on him on UFC.com under the Fight Pass banner mm-hmm. were a lot. And so to have him fight on Icon, on Fight Pass, is obviously not UFC, but it's the next best thing. Yeah, Better that than have him fight on Showtime Better that than have him fight on a PFL undercard or on Fubo TV or on Amazon for one championship. You know what I mean? Yep. Because if I'm one, I'm so, like one is trying to do American shows next year. They've just signed this deal with Amazon. Their first show, August 26th, is going to be in prime time. I'm signing Bo Nickel. Any guy that gets you this type of attention, his clip has over a million views. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they handle this because I think they could sign with someone today. And I'm pretty sure the promotion that he was talking about uh, that said, like, you need a little more work, was the UFC. And it's very clear that he wants to end up in the UFC, as they all do, and be the pound-for-pound pound champ. But he could probably get a pretty good deal right now if he signs. Or they could play the waiting game and say, no, nah, we'll take a few more of these, gain some notoriety, some momentum, some money, and then maybe our stock will go up even more. Yeah. I mean, I think that'll ultimately be what happens, no? Yeah, but I'm just curious. Does a Bellator or PFL, who could use a name like him... Because I feel like those are the main... Th- I mean, maybe sure. one. Do they come out with a gigantic deal? Because I really do think his ceiling is is massive. Like, I mean, like I, I really think he will live up to his his hype and try to usurp... Because UFC, the same thing as Kayla. Kayla wanted to be in the UFC, but their low offer made it very hard for her to justify it. Does a PFL or Bellator come out with a massive deal that blows UFC out of the water and then he's almost forced to take that or does the UFC come competitive with a uh, you know with a solid deal as well that's going to yeah. be the big question it's a bit of a risk not I, not that i don't think you're I, I think you're right that bull nickel is one of these prospects that like it's worth the risk right you you want to be there 
uh, and you don't want to miss the boat. And there's there's rarely an opportunity where you're going to get a, a chance at somebody who's a blue chip prospect like this. Um, but it is a risk because if he's not, then you've made a godfather offer and he turns out not to be the the god. You know, he turns out not to be the what you what you wanted. So um, there's a risk there, and I think the UFC can play the waiting game. Ultimately, even if they make even if they make an amazing offer. They're really let's just call it what it is. They're really building him to be a UFC guy. That's what it becomes. Right. Right? Like when he when he was talking to you and you asked, you know, where do you want to be? He didn't say UFC, but he said, you know where I need to be to be one of the top f- 5 pound for pound guys in the world. And it it's not he's not being ambiguous about it. His goal is to be in the UFC and to be that top tier fighter. So is it worth if you're Bellator, PFL, one, anybody? Is it worth your investment to build him up for the UFC? Yeah, maybe. Well, could, to, maybe they to could prove keep him. that Look, you can Kayla do it. could have left and she stayed. Well, she tried, right? Yeah, but she just got a deal that she couldn't turn down. So if they continue to come correct, then maybe they could keep him. No, but I mean, like she tried to leave PFL, right? Like she tried to sign she with did. Bellator, right? Right, but not for the UFC. That would have not been the for big the UFC. Blow. Not for the UFC. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a risk. I think it's probably a worthwhile risk. Um, who, who am I thinking of? Aaron Pico maybe like has talked about, look, Bellator took, took me in, gave me a shot. I'm super happy here. You could, you could turn that around. You could, you could have the next Aaron Pico. You could have the guy who's appreciative that you got in early, um, and are trying to build something with him and keep him for a long time. Or... Bo Nickel could say, thanks for everything. I'm trying to be top five in the world, and I think I can only do that in the UFC. And, and that's what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Very interesting. But there's no doubt, right? Like, this is one of the the brightest young prospects out there. Like, he has the wrestling tools, and if the hands come along, and I'm not putting too much stock into, you know, this knockout. It wasn't, right. it wasn't a high-level opponent. Um, but if the hands come He's along. He's still got to do it. You still got to do it. Like you, I see people go trying to describe it. saying like, that's my mailman or that's a truck driver. Yeah, I mean, you still got to do it. And no, especially yeah. in 33 seconds, you still, I mean, it was another guy making his pro debut. He's going to be a better athlete than all these guys that he's fighting on the, I mean, he's a three-time national champion. It, he's a Hodge trophy winner. He's, we didn't used to see these fights. That's the difference, right? We didn't used to see these fights. Yeah. We didn't see the first 10 fights of John Jones' career. We didn't see these fights. True. Now we're seeing them for every single fighter. This is what they look like. Let's let's not this pretend is here. Like, this is yeah, mm, to an extent. I think MMA is a little tougher. To be honest, I, I, I will I will say, that, like, this is what they look like getting up to this level. There's no shame in that bow nickel win. He he starts the dude, and that's what he's supposed to do. No no, like I'm not throwing any shade on that. It won't um, happen, but I wouldn't be upset if he had eight of these fights. Absolutely. Absolutely, he had ten of that's these what, fights. It never that's happens. What these look like he's probably going to go two, three, and zero, and then sign one of these deals. Yeah, I mean the 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 curve is is steeper for him because of how talented he is, and because of the name, and and because of the attention. But yeah, he's the, he's he's showing he has an opportunity now to show if he's the real deal. I I would feel comfortable wagering that he is. Who do you think had a better weekend, Bo Nickel or Cody Rhodes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you see that bruise? I did it. You I, didn't I, see I the saw bruise? the bruise. I saw the bruise. I saw the, the bruise. bruise. I didn't insane. see the. I didn't see do the. You think the bruise match. was legit? Yeah. What? What do you mean? Makeup. You're saying like this? makeup? I don't know. I saw a lot of people say makeup. Everyone wants to call BS when it comes to wrestling. That thing. This guy. I mean, it's not out of the. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It right? would have rubbed off. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think he was hurt. Hell in a cell. 
tears his pec off the bone, as they say, shows up, his whole freaking pec is yeah. bruised. And then he goes looked, through like a 25-minute match. It looked like a torn pre, uh, torn pec, right? It that is insane. how that's supposed to look. So I, I would I would assume he was he was legit hurt. But oh my God. That was incredible. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Bo. All right. Um <laughs> let me ask you this question. I'm cu- I'm actually curious to hear what you say. Movsar Evloev. Aaron Blanchfield, Jeff Molina. Do either of those fighters become UFC champion? And if so, who first? Because I feel like all of them people are saying, especially Movsar and Aaron, potential future champ there. All of them had wins on Saturday. That's the common thread here. Aaron Blanchfield, 23. I feel like people have been saying for a minute she's a potential. I think Evloev is going to be a champion. You think so? Yep. I th- I could see a world where Blanchfield is a champion too. I don't think it's while Valentina is still champion though. Mm. But I do think Blanchfield has the tools to be a champion as well. Uh, I think she's really good. Uh, Molina, I'm not as high as the other two, but I do like him though. I think he's super talented, man. Yeah, I I could see a world where he's a champion too. So it's just fly- hard. See, the thing about flyweight is less. You know what I mean? That's why I include him in that. It's hard though to match like. He can't. I think Blanchfield and Evloev are further along. I'll say it like that. I think Molina has the tools. That dude is really, really talented. I think he has the tools. I think he has the team to one day be a champion. I I can't see him fighting those guys at the top right now. Whereas Evloev and Blanchfield, Evloev is. Tough. I don't think I don't think they're far away, and and I think they could be in that in that conversation sooner. Um, but man, I, I don't see anybody at flyweight wrestling that belt away from Valentina. When she, I think that's she's going to be one of those where that's she That's the thing that's away. stopping Aaron. Um, I think what's helping Molina in this is that there's less competition at 25, although it's getting better. Mosar is legit be 16-0. Probably doesn't get the love that he deserves because none of his wins in the UFC, he has six, have come via finish, all decisions. Yeah, but, but he's he, fighting he, tough guys. Danike, like Hakeem Dawudu, Nick He's Lentz. not like a lay and pray guy. Like, no. he, he's an aggressive wrestler. Um I, I don't think his style is like what people will think of when they're thinking of like lay and pray, boring, like that dude's coming to hurt people uh, and he's really talented. Yeah, I think he's a future champ. I really do. Shout out to the uh, Tapology guys for that Oscar Mozarov story where his uh, record kept changing. Was it Tapology? I thought it was Sherdog. Oh, did I Sherdog. that? Oh, shout out to the Sherdog guys. My bad. Yeah. Uh, I want to give credit where it's, I thought it was Tapology. Was it not? Maybe I, 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 I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Sherdog. They, okay. were, they were the ones I saw pushing that story. Shout out, out to them. Uh, I think it was uh, Jay Petrie. Petrie. Yeah. yeah. Petrie. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, I saw a lot of talk about that, but yeah, that's a very bizarre story. In the end, uh, <laughs> he ended up losing to Alonzo Menafield. And how about Karolina Kovalkiewicz getting back? I did, you know, I don't want to, I did say she was sort of like, you know, like our friend Dipperstein likes to say, H. Dow Jace. I, I did say it. I said it was H. Dow. I mean, I. The problem is, I'm starting to get a little gun shy, and that's yeah, why I feel you're questioning yourself. Well, I feel a certain way about this uh, Haney situation. I haven't looked at the uh, the votes just what's, yet. We'll end on that. What's there to feel? I mean, but I did say white. rewind the tape, Frank. I said on Monday, Carolina under big underdog in this fight. I don't remember what it was, like plus two something. I like her last. Is win that true? Was I didn't look at the odds. Is yes. that true? Yes. Man. I would have I would have probably been on that one with you. Well, she had lost five in a row. Yeah, against the best of the best. Right. And uh Felice her last was win was against Felice from, and it was a, uh, you know. 
Yeah, and, but coming back ago. off off a huge layoff. Yeah, like, injury. Talking about maybe maybe you retiring. know the, the retiring is is in the cards. I man, you missed. Yeah, I missed that one. You missed out. Trust me, when she won, and then I was like, oh, watch this happen. Watch her win, and then Jersey. I mean, I don't want to say it again, but for you, the the strategy, the, the what works seems to be with your heart. The and problem you're, you're was Jersey came on. I got all fired up, and I was like, all right, let's go, Jersey. I cut a great promo for him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you an out here, not not oh, oh, oh. not on the Haney thing. Bad stoppage because that's no, not bad stoppage, but that was a winnable fight for him. That was a winnable fight for yeah. him. He got into a he got in that exact position he was in against Volkov. They were trading. They got into a firefight. He has the power. That that's the fight that he needs. That's the that's the type of fight. If Volkov just stayed on the outside and was just picking him apart, picking him apart, picking him apart, he has no chance in that fight. It's Volkov by decision. He got him into a firefight and he lost the firefight, but he could have won the firefight. That is that is the type of fight he needed. He needed to get into an exchange like that. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad H Dow pick. The worst part about this is now we're going to get five more Volkov main events. No one main events more than Volkov. I'm okay with it. I like him. I he's fine, but like enough with the main events. <laughs> Every three, four fights, it's a, it's a, like or, or months, it's another look, Volkov look, main the event. UFC is like uh, Vince McMahon in in the sense that they love the heavyweight division, right? They like, really they love, love the heavyweight division. They love headlining cards with heavyweights. Um, they would rather headline with like lower ranked heavyweights than higher ranked lighter, you know, lighter weight um, fighters. I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't have anything against the Volkov main event. But I will say we've gotten some subpar heavyweight matchups um, just based on that. Like heavy, heavyweights headlining a card is a thing. Very rarely is he in a boring fight, win or lose, so I'll give him that. It yeah. just seems like every three, four months he's in a main event. And uh, I would like to see a little variety Put here Put some there. respect on Volkov's name. I mean, come I on. I think you're, look, I, I'll, I'll Seems give like you, a lovely guy. I, mean. I, th- I think you're hurt and that's okay. It's okay to be hurt right now. Um, he ruined. He ruined the streak. He kept the the losing streak going. That's okay. I'll I'll forgive this. All right. Let's and go back to too. my vote here because I'm nervous. I'm looking at it right now. Over a thousand votes. And just be honest, because I'm not even gonna look. I'm looking. You you can see it. It's on. It's on my Twitter. Does my Haney plus one ten decision H out pick count? No. Forty nine point five. Yes. Fifty point five. Frank doesn't matter. No, yes, Frank. What the yes. hell? Yes, Frank. Wait, here is accomplished, distinguished journalist, the great Aaron Bronstetter, my good friend. We always see eye to eye. Sticklers will say he wasn't an underdog, but the method of victory prop were underdog odds, and any other method of victory was technically the they're favorite. Not. So it should count. Yes, they're not underdog odds. They're we just, fixed judging. <laughs> Do you, do you want me to cut this into the into your infamous Rick James? Here's Jedi, who I'm not sure if he's on my side or not. He calls it the Helwani Dog Odds Pick of the Week, the H Dow Pow. People are people are getting fast and loose with the term underdog here. Tied MMA guy says, of loose. course. Remember the name Helwani. Shout out to Bilal. Um, Wait, Bilal said that? Well, no. Remember the name. Oh, somebody else said. He, remember. he wrote, yeah. Hashtag remember the name Helwani. Uh, Jason Gomez says, I don't know, man. You did pick Biggie Boy first, so do you get two weak? Yes, I my my greatest week was Cheeto and Katie Taylor. Yeah. I'm allowed to. Who said there's I'm... no there's we're not debating anything about Jarzinho. That was that was an L. We know this. 
Oh, here's uh, Callie Gooner who says he bet two when it was Cheeto and Katie Taylor, but no one complained then. Not saying you're complaining, by the way. Just don't get the big stink about it generally. Thank you. Uh, thanks, oh. says No Way Jose. Haney, uh, this is from Caleb, was a heavy favorite. A bet- it wasn't that big of a heavy favorite, by what the way. What was he? What was he, by the way? It wasn't, right? He he was less than two to one, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, a bet on him cannot be considered a dog pit regardless of the yeah. odds. No. Uh, Correct. Stop the steal, says one guy not saying... Uh, I don't I have no idea what that means. Uh, of course it does. An underdog big pick bet says Trenton. Bailey says a plus money bet doesn't equal an underdog. Yeah, that's correct. Picking a favorite to win by their most likely method of victory, especially. Mm. That's correct. Um, New York Rick's being a hater, trying to get revenge <laughs> for you constantly roasting him for his Ronda Rousey comeback fighter pick. I thought it. I didn't want to say it. Um, There's no revenge needed. It stands the test of time. Either way, he was the clear choice in this one. Definitely after Cambosis misweighed on the initial scale. I don't agree with that. That I don't agree with. That what? That it was like I don't think Devin Haney was like a no brainer in this fight. I don't I don't agree with that. I'm giving you credit. I guy think, flew all the way to Australia. He was there by himself it. for the majority. His dad shows up yeah. like eight hours before, which was great theater. Anybody um, who's acting like this was like a foregone Haney conclusion, yeah. I definitely do not agree with that. Not at all. By the way, uh, the new undisputed lightweight champion on the show on Wednesday, Ooh, Mr. Haney. Uh, you had him on uh, Helwani show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, the, it was request. He's like, oh, he's champ now. He's got to come on the MMA. I was like, listen. The champ says. What, what Evan Korn wants, Evan Korn gets. <laughs> you know Evan Korn? Uh, Top-ranked PR. Yeah, he's the man. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited about that division. I'm Man, boxing is... Division. I know you like to pretend like I don't know anything about boxing. Boxing is so great. Even Ryan Garcia retweeted me uh, on Saturday night. My guy, <laughs> King Ryan. He's going up against... Saf- pretending, but... You know, Javier Fortuna. What are you talking about? Tank versus Ryan Garcia, I think, actually does a million pay-per-views. What? Yeah. You think more. Tank... No, you're, you're trolling me, right? Tank Davis... Tank sells 200,000 pay-per-views, and now he's going to do a million? That's going to be a... Who's he selling? He's, he's fighting Isak Cruz. No one cares about these guys. Tank Davis... Rolly was a fun fight. Yeah, but, That he was losing. But he was... Until he, I mean, he's not a name. Ryan Garcia would be the biggest name that he's ever fought. A million? Come on, I man. think it actually could do a million. Fury way, doesn't the, even do a million. You're, you're, the all-access would be huge. What do you think it gets? 500? Stop it. What do you think it gets? Yeah, 500. First of all, that would be a huge win. Hey, um, listen, in the new pay-per-view climate, that's a big number. A million is... UFC's doing 500 for pretty... You're crazy. ...substandard cards. UFC's on fire on pay-per-view. Now, I know it's a totally different... You're crazy if you think that does a million. Tank Davis is such a big star. People love Tank. Where are we getting this from? Is this... Oh, God, we're just doing this again. This is the Tommy Fury stuff all over again. Oh, by the way... Everybody's a huge star. Everybody's a star. Wait a second, wait a second. Everybody's a star. Okay, let me ask you a question. Who's a bigger star? Tank Davis or okay, who's the bigger star? Tank Davis or Ryan Garcia? Ryan Garcia, for sure. Let me just see. How many followers does Tank Davis have? Well, here's here's what I'll here's what I would counter with that, actually. Tank Davis is a is a proven pay-per-view guy. And he and is. that is a calculated thing that 3. they've been 6 doing. Million. That is he he is a is a known pay-per-view quantity. Ryan Garcia isn't, right? King Ryan. 8.8. Yeah. No, way, his, I, wonder, his, I wonder how many so, UFC fighters have 8.8 million followers. Not a lot. That's, you know, that's like very rare. 
I don't think even like the Izzy's and Kamaru's have that. That's like the Connor and Habib. Now they're they're obviously ahead of that. Um, but that's that's big numbers. Uh socially, there's no comparison. Ryan Garcia is, is a phenomenon. Who? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh socially, Ryan Garcia, no doubt, but to his credit, Tank is a guy who can sell pay-per-views. And, and that was a concerted effort by him. Biggest and crowd, Mayweather. by the way, at Barclays for a boxing when he fought yeah. Rolly. Tank Tank draws, but the draw is like we're talking like two hundred thousand. And you're you're all of a sudden it's like yeah, but, yeah five but, times that. But by the way, as Garcia. you know, sometimes it takes two to tango. Anderson Silva was not drawing anything. Then he meets Chael, and he's drawing a million. Yeah, I, I just think those two young guys together, the fan bases that they would reach, right? Gervonta huge with the African American fans, King Ryan huge with the Hispanic fans, and then you've got in the middle you've got just the casual fans, right? Like the the me's of the world. I think together that's that's magic. I think this is the same thing as the Tommy Fury thing. Those middle casual fans, I don't think they're buying Tank Davis versus. By the way, who's he fighting? Jake Paul. You see Great. that? Called it. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Hearn saying uh, he thinks that's going to happen. I um, wonder how uh, old Jake and Nikisa feel about Eddie Hearn uh, breaking their news. <laughs> well, he didn't say it's done, it's going to happen. He said, I think, you know. I think that's what's what's yeah, next. But still, um, maybe not his news to uh, to break, for sure. Um, listen, they're friends now. Him and him and Jake I, Paul are. Honestly, are good I don't buds think they're, they're friends. To be honest, I'm really curious to see. This is a whole other discussion, <laughs> but I'm really curious to see what happens with the Amanda and uh, Katie fight. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm whole, I'm opening up a whole other can of worms. You know what? If I if I'm the UFC, what I would do? If I'm Kidney. the UFC right now, I call up my good friend Eddie Hearn and yep. I say, like, this is your way to get back at those guys. Forget about Amanda rematch. Let me talk to you about a little co-pro, Katie Taylor versus Holly Holm, Croke Park. I'm Dana White. I'll say, all right, let's do a little Zufa boxing action. Uh, Holly has one fight left. There isn't much to do with her at this point at 35. Like, who's she going to fight? Like, she's not fighting for the belt. Yeah. You're probably not going to resign her. She makes a pretty good amount of money compared to the other women. Let's do a co-pro. Let's cut those guys out. And uh, let's do this at Croke Park. And I feel like from a historical standpoint, from a money standpoint, from a draw standpoint, from a MMA media coming over and cover, like yeah. Holly versus Katie is sort of a dream matchup. I don't hate this. I don't hate this at all. Interesting. And I'm, I haven't been a fan of your boxing ideas lately, but I don't like, I, I don't hate this. Uh I'm Why do you say getting back? Just because Serrano and Taylor seems to not be oh, on no. track, you mean? Getting back. Oh, yes, because there have been reports yeah. that uh, it's not a done deal. Yeah, Serrano's going to fight in August, and right. it seems like Taylor's going to fight after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and when I say get back, I'm talking about like the feud that they have. You know, the, uh, the Jake Paul Dana feud. I don't I don't hate it. That's the best fight that Holly Holm could have in her career right now. Her fighting some no. random 35er at the apex is nothing. No does doubt. nothing for her, does nothing for me, does nothing for you, does nothing for ESPN or UFC. Her fighting Katie Taylor and the UFC trying to make it happen while still under their umbrella here's, is a nice little feather in their cap. Here's the problem. Here's the one big problem. You do that, and now you have to give Francis Ngannou a fight against Tyson Fury. Yeah. You do that, and you have now opened the door. It for for all up until now, right until right this moment, it's been Connor forced it, and it was only Connor. Right now, you're opening. You do your... this, and you've 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 sunk the you've sunk the argument that you can't do this. It is now Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury, no doubt. 
has to happen. Look what you look what you did for Holly Holm. Look what you did uh, against uh, Katie Taylor. Is that the worst thing in the world? Because you I don't get him so for one fight, and if he somehow pulls it off, now you're in the Francis Ngannou business. Well, I'll be honest. It seemed to me the last time you spoke to Francis, it he seemed to me that to this is what him, he right? wants. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. He wants to fight the one fight with Tyson Fury and fight in the UFC. That is what that was my read. That was what I took away from it. It seemed like he was leaning in that direction. So if you're the UFC, you could do worse than that. But again, you are now setting a precedent, right? Like the, the first time this happens is now the is now the hundredth time it happens. You are now opening that door for other fighters. Do they care about that though? Does the UFC care about precedent? I remember one time I asked Dana White about step aside money and I was like, well, there's a precedent, and he got so mad at me for asking about a precedent. With UOL, this I was think with people, Bisping and GSP. Oh, it only matters for how much people will hold their feet to the fire. If they do this proposed um, Taylor home thing that you're talking about, Francis Ngannou will hold their feet to the fire. That's a guarantee. That fight now has to be But made. does he have to hold their feet to the fire? I mean, he they can may literally do walk it. away. You're, they may want to do it. They may want to to do that. But again, like now they're now they're opening the door for that. And it may not necessarily be a bad door to open. The thing is, when they did Mayweather-McGregor, the lift was so light, they yeah, was, they had nothing to do. All yeah. they had to do was show up. You Dana know had to hype McGregor one one or two times on the on the stage, and that was it. He actually had a blast, because I think he could yeah. be an old-school boxing promoter where he was just backing one guy. Um, book that I'm reading, it's a, it's a very easy read, but it's a very enjoyable read that I recommend to any fan out there listening right now. I think it's only 175 pages. I'm halfway through, and I just started over the weekend, Mark Ratner's book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. I love Mark Ratner. He's probably my favorite person at the UFC and has always been kind to me. And it's just a legend, former Nevada State Athletic Commissioner, yeah. um, obviously now you know VP of Regulatory Affairs. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the reason why MMA is legal in all these states. I didn't know this story, but he tells a story in the book that the week of the fight, Adi, Adi Attar, Connor's manager, went to his office and asked Mark to be the guy to oversee Floyd getting his hands wrapped mm. in the locker room on behalf of Team McGregor. And as he said, he's like, usually, you know, I'm in a commission role, this or that. But on this night, I was just, you know, Team UFC. And so I could actually go there on behalf of Connor. He said he was honored. It was just a really cool anecdote yeah. uh, about his great career. This dude was going to, like, Joe Lewis and Floyd Patterson fights back in the day. Um so anyway, just to say, like, they had nothing to do yeah. that night. The U- like, the UFC just had to show up. They do a home Katie Taylor fight. They probably don't have a lot to do because the boxing, the zone would air it or something like that. Maybe they even cut a deal and air it on Fight Pass. And, I was, I was going to say it. They do Francis. ESPN is, is a pig in shit. Yeah, I, I think it would be a little different this time. You know, I think they'd want to be more. Look, if they're, I feel like last time, correct me if I'm wrong, their hand was forced, right? It was... Connor's going to get this done. The only way that we can get involved is to brand, put our brand on it, let let it happen. I mean, no, they they had the to benefits. give him the okay. He was under contract. You know what yeah, it really but, was? It was perfect timing for them because it happened when they sold the company. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the reason why they wanted to do it because here's a ton of money coming in and we don't have to really put anything they up have to do anything. other than just yep. like be in business with Connor. Great. And, you know, you've heard Dana talk about this in several interviews. He was in a really bad place after the sale. Like, he didn't want the company to be sold. He had to lock himself in his hotel room, all this stuff. I think it was perfect timing because their biggest fight of the summer, by the way, same summer as UFC 200, 
Uh, no, sorry, it was the next year. But the biggest fight of the summer by far uh, required so little lift for them after yeah. you know they sold the company. It was just per- it was perfect timing. I think I, I say all that to say I think they will want to be more involved. I don't think they'll want Maybe. to take a hands off approach Maybe. this time. I think they will be motivated to to be more involved and, and make it happen. Um, so yeah, I mean it's listen. I'd watch it. I would watch it. Home versus Katie Taylor is must see TV. Home versus, yep. you know, name a thirty five or is just kind of her playing out the the end of her contract. Yeah, I agree with that. I wonder if she does, but I agree with that. I think she does. Now that she knows that she can't win a belt, uh, I think she does. By the way, can't wait for uh, Tuesday morning fighting. How about that in a way Donaire two fight? See, yeah, I got, I got, I got some, no, I got no, you're trying boxing. to flex your your boxing. Uh, yeah, some boxing uh, takes. It is a it is a great fight. Uh, the current uh, voting results are fifty point eight say yes, forty nine point two say no. I'm gonna stop the count. I mean, there's nothing Go really else to say. Listen, your your plastic. You want, should we get you one a plastic belt? I mean, I have one right here. Thank you. <laughs> no, By that's not. How dare you? How dare you disrespect our our friend Robert Pearson? That is not. There is no plastic. Uh, there. I, I will never forget the day that Frank didn't have my back. I mean, this could have been a perfect, perfect opportunity to just be like, yeah, I got your back, bro. No problem. And you left me hanging. I'm just, I'm not a yes man. Thank Fair you, enough. Frank. He's on the side of justice. He's on the side of truth and honesty. In, in you also just life. laughed at your own joke, Frank. I mean, you should have, <laughs> you should have gone silent there. That a was second. Ewan, actually. She uh, started was... cackling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't open the mic, say something, and then laugh at your own joke. It just doesn't have it. Same kind of effect. I thought he was going to say something back. Yeah, I thought he was going to say something too. Uh, He, uh, you know, cat got his tongue. All right, well, there you have it. Um, So your official ruling is we're still on a losing streak. Of course. My official ruling is we're back, baby. We're (laughs) back and we're currently eyeing Glover Ioana. Yes. Is that how you want to do it? Is that what you really want? Listen, a win's a win's a win. Okay, huh? let me ask you this. Is that what when you want? When Kai Car France wins on July 30th, if he wins, tough fight, you think he's going to throw that belt off to the side? Uh, there's two different types of, of guys. No. Justin, Justin Gaethje famously, you know, didn't want it. Hmm. Um, no, I don't because to your point, like it, it represents a lot of money. Um, do I think – I'll say this. I don't think he'll feel – like it's whole until he fights Davison Figueredo. Listen, I'm not saying I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to retire. I'm not done. I, I just mean, needed this time. win to get my mojo back. <laughs> I was thinking about it. It is crazy that I went that many in a row and then I just can't get, you know. It's back. almost like this betting thing is a little bit random and a little bit. For me especially. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, I didn't even know what plus 110 meant. I'll say that, you know what? To your listen, I I've done nothing but give you credit, but yes. I am but I am sticking to the rules here. But I will give you credit. Your your betting knowledge has, has come a hell of a long way from when we used to you know talk about this years ago. I honestly disagree with you. What do you mean? What do what what the hell do I know? You I, you you to your to what you just said. You literally didn't even know what okay, plus and minus meant. Right, but like. You know, there are guys, you know, I, I, when I hear, you know, these do like I hear Connor speak about it, it's a different type. I, I, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You're not comparing yourself to Connor. I mean, what is he? There's, le- there's levels, units. as Corey Anderson there's says. Levels. There's, there's levels. There's levels. There's levels. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. To me, 
the biggest problem is when you talk to a lot of people is you overthink things. So someone will tell me something about someone yeah. and I'll be like, oh, this, that. For that. sure. As opposed to it's right there in front of you. Yeah. No, you're, you, there's something to that. The simplicity is key. Are we getting, I mean, are you going to make an official pick or, or oh. are we just going to put around No, no, around I, I save that for Wednesday. Oh, you're not even going to make one. You got to keep the people I mean, last uh, Monday or... No, it was Wednesday. Was it he it was, was on. Wednesday? Yeah, he was, was Wednesday. on Wednesday. I can't give it away on a Monday. I need them right. to come back on Wednesday. Wow. Are you coming in on Wednesday? No. So no one's going to be here with me. I'm going to be all alone. Yeah. But you'll wow. join the Zoom, right, Eric? I'll be on Zoom. It feels like it's hit or miss, the Zoom thing right now. Sometimes you're on. a microphone thing, but that's... Has it been rectified? Wrong. You got to You got to talk to... You got to talk to Frank, Frank over Has here. it been rectified? Oh, it's totally fixed. It's fixed? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, at the uh, the beginning of the day when I was in the back, I said, you know what, guys? I feel like there's a chance we might end this show at uh, 3.30. It's not 3.30, but it's a nice tidy three hours. This is... I'll tell you who'd be happy about this. Who? Christina Daglis and Glenn Jacobs. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they really wouldn't. This is two hours this running This is actually over. two. <laughs> this is two <laughs> Come on. Mike yeah, Foss, man. shout out. Um, all no, right. Mike, I mean, Mike will want the content. Yeah, you say go three more hours. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, New York Rick. Appreciate your time. There he is, New York Rick, the pride of Long Island, kind enough to join us. Um, Connor, as you uh, may have heard, is on his European vacation, but... Uh, there it is. Yes, thank you. Uh, he was watching. Did you see that tweet? He was watching for four seconds. What do you think? Does it count? No. Doesn't count. All right. Uh, final look at the uh, the votes. 50.8. There it is. It's official. It counts. It counts, baby! Frank, you know what I say to that? To all the haters? What's that? <laughs> Four o'clock, you can hear my music. Fun day. You know, we try to teach you about the youth of the sport. We try to let you know about, you know, who's to come. So you can go to your next fight party and say, I know that guy. I've heard of that guy. I've heard interviews with that guy or gal. That's what we try to do here. We don't just jump on the bandwagon. We don't just talk to champions. We talk to the youth. We talk to the future. We talk to the prospects. We talk to tomorrow's headliners, tomorrow's superstars. And that's what you got on today's program. Oh, by the way, someone said to me, uh, oh, you got a future champ on your show today. And I said, well, you can actually make the case for all five of them being future champs. Molina, Blanchfield, Bo Nickel, Kaikar France, Brand Moreno, former, but potentially future. I know he's like... Uh, in any event, fun show. Thank you very much to everyone who tuned in. Thank you very much to everyone who stopped by. Thank you to the crew in the back. Appreciate you all uh, very much. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday. Got a nice little lineup. And we've got an in-studio guest on Wednesday. I'll tell you more about him on Wednesday morning. So stay tuned for that. But it's always fun when you have an in-studio guest, right? It's a different kind of interview. Looking forward to this one. Haven't talked to this individual in quite some time. Thank you very much to Jeff Molina. Do you, my man. Congrats on the win and uh, way to represent. Thank you very much to Aaron Blanchfield. Congrats on the win to her as well. Thank you to Bo Nickel. Congrats on the tremendous win. Kaikar France, good luck to him July 30th. Brandon Moreno, good luck to him July 30th as well. Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. Peace.
Amen. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.